0: All right, me mateys, time to gainsway that balloon ship and cut off the booty. Balloon, is that how
1: Anyway, <laughs> the swag we'll be taking off the ship will be tremendous. We'll have a great time taking it back to port.
2: Yarr! Yar! You no good, rotten, lousy knaves! The Admiralty will punish you for this intolerable crime.
1: Be certain, your
3: ornery lip, pirates turn out of the balloon for you complaining about looting and plundering.
4: Uh, uh, hey everyone, uh, just a silly question, but, um, how are we floating in the air and not falling through the clouds in these gigantic iron ships that aren't exactly lighter than air?
5: Are you scared me, Dave, how could you ask a stupid thing with the
4: air
0: pirates you make you do? How right ye are to be an air pirate, we of course must be in the air, ye lily livid poltroon. You know, I never thought about it this
1: way, man. Moonstones always seem like a pretty shoddy explanation. Why aren't we in Davy Jones' locker right now, following? The clouds.
2: Yes, yes, of course. You've never tried looking down before, have you? Why not try it now?
3: What I right, stupid things for the witch to say.
2: Of course, we've looked
3: down before, and I'll do it right now. Oh dear.
2: Ah!
4: Didn't think that would happen. I guess while we're falling, we should listen to an RPG backtrack. Today we bring you a six pack of retro RPG goodness you do not want to miss. From Shin Megami Tensei Persona 4 to the lovable Skies of Arcadia series, our gamer team members discuss your favorite RPGs on today's show. Just watch out for Air Pirates as we begin this 31st episode of RPG Backtrack.
2: Excuse because I didn't realize
4: we could ad lib. <laughs> no, that's actually a, a first by Manny. Good, good going, yeah. Manny. Well, I'm not very cooperative. Well, people. Manny is more that by now.
3: professional, I think. Uh,
4: okay, we'll let him get away with it.
3: Anyway, he's a professional what? professional more thespian.
0: Oh.
4: Anyways, um, Mickey's in charge. If Mickey says it's okay, it's okay.
0: Yeah, hey, I did that ad lib during the tails one. <laughs>
4: yeah, that's true, and that worked out really good, by the way. All right.
0: I have. I have. Welcome to
4: RPG Backtrack, where we discuss computer and console RPGs from way back when, right up to yesteryear. It's also the place where we can't pronounce any proper nouns, encourage spoilers, and the hosts are figuring out how to fly iron ships in the sky. My name is
3: Phil Willis. And uh, I am mm, not a pirate, so that makes me not very cool, I'm sorry.
4: And welcome to RPG Backtrack number 31, Vice the Legend. Did I pronounce that right? Is it Vice? Yes, yeah.
0: it's Vice.
4: Okay.
2: These, maybe?
4: These? These? I don't know. I, I, just, I just, vise. Vise. <laughs> vise.
1: <laughs> just. just. Vice. Just Vice. It's vise. easier.
2: Covering all avenues.
1: <laughs> Valuin? Valuin? Huh?
2: What? And
6: that
4: wide array of voices you hear are the numerous guests that we have on tonight's RPG Backtrack. Mr. Mickey, you have got quite the lineup this evening.
3: Well, what did you expect? People have played this game and want to talk about it.
4: Indeed they do. So let's let's get on with the introductions. First up, we have, welcome back, Mr. Manuel... I don't know, what's your last name? Manny Duhickey? What, what's Emmanuel last... Moreno. Thank you. <laughs> Emmanuel... And there's
1: one important thing to remember here. <laughs> when water freezes, it floats. If you understand that, you understand the world of skies of Arcadia.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And... Coming back with his most awesome, wonderful, bodacious accent, Mr. John Callender. How's it going, John? I mean, Don't years worth.
0: Although I believe Mr. Marino has missed one of the, one of the, uh, the greater conundrums of the skies of Arcadia world that the the six moon thing just doesn't work it violates every law of physics imaginable really in a world boring? where Is land like... floats and ice floats six moons yes. breaks physics
2: <laughs> i would agree that i guess there's no oceans to cause catastrophic tsunamis because you have six moons gravitational pulls and influence i'm sorry kids kids, it's no kids
4: kids i'm throwing a yellow flag on the field 5 yard penalty Let's and save I, it. Save it for the main attraction, <laughs> Mr. Roy. Welcome to RPG Backtrack. How are you doing today?
5: I'm doing just splendid.
4: It's a pleasure to have you on the show. You, you've been here before, right?
5: No, I haven't. This is my first time.
4: Mike, is it really his first time? Yes, it is. Holy sweet mercy! So, welcome to RPG Backtrack. Uh, what is it, Roy Buns? Roy Bunnet? <laughs> Roy <Burnett>. Burner? <laughs> Burnett. What kind of a name is Burnett. that? Burnett. Oh, Burnett. Perfect for the pyromaniacs and RPG backtrack. Roy Burnett. All right. So, Roy, uh, <laughs> what's your handle in RP Gamer, and what do you do on the site?
5: Uh, I am a news and media updater for the site. Work for Becky. Um, the the handle on the site is Rosestorm.
4: Hmm. Nice. And uh, do any fun new and exciting Updates lately that our audience should just Go and check out right this minute
5: well, I just did a feature This past Saturday for Dragon Age Quest and Adventure mods
4: Oh nice and, and I understand That's part of a, a bigger uh, Project that you're working on About mods overall or something
5: um, It's a Three part feature this for Dragon Age And there'll be one more article Coming out hopefully Sometime next week about um, the gameplay mods, I've already done one previous one about weapons and armor.
4: Yeah, definitely, people should check that out because I really think that's one of the underappreciated aspects of Dragon Age. It was it was pretty big with the um, with the Elder Scrolls series and whatnot. But I think with Dragon Age, everybody kind of got through the main adventure uh, somewhat quickly and then kind of put the game on the shelf. Uh, maybe you've done a little bit of the DLC, but should really check out some of this custom made stuff. And uh, Roy Burnett uh, will be happy to talk to you about it on his articles. Um, what, give us a brief overview of your gaming history. What what got you started in RPGs, and how have you evolved in your taste over the years?
5: Well, um, I started with the NES RPGs on with the original Final Fantasy back back when it first came out. Um, over the years, uh, I. Up until the current genera- up until about three years ago, I want to say, I was primarily a Japanese RPG gamer, with that and anime. About three years ago, when I, I first played Into Nights 2 and got into Western RPGs on the on the PC, I finally had a game-worthy PC and I started playing all, just about every Western RPG and creation that's been on there. Mm.
4: Sweet And and so what now Now Seems like you've really been getting into the best of both worlds there But which, which What is your favorite RPG of all time?
5: Definitely would be Final Fantasy 6 on the Super Nintendo
4: Ooh, I like you You get to stay on the show Absolutely <coughs> Bad, That's good As long as you agree with me You get to stay If you had said Final Fantasy 7 I'm afraid I'd have to mute you for the rest of the show
6: All right. Well, I like
4: Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 Oh, where did he go? I can't hear him. Was that Manny? He he dropped off the call. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> hey. All righty. Well, and uh, we have another new guest. From what I understand, Mr. Mike, would you like to introduce her?
0: Oh, Mr. Uh, Mike. Mr. Mr. Mike is gone AFK.
2: Be <laughs> <See> right back.
4: <laughs> so uh, let's see. We have uh, Sarah Willis, my long lost sister.
2: Oh my god! I never knew. Yeah! Holy cow! How awesome is that? So. So you were the one that they adopted out. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, your Kara Knightley was really good.
2: You yeah. think? Thank you. That means a lot. I mean, I was faking it, but you know, I'm, I don't know. I, I like to try and do it and not insult people who actually speak the accent.
4: Uh, Sarah, for uh, for all of our English-loving guests out there, uh, what's your what's your handle on RP Gamer? What do you do?
2: I am Sarah Vate, and I try to handle the MMORPG column.
4: Ooh, you must be having your hands full lately with Cataclysm.
2: Uh, you know, largely, I don't know. Is it worth covering it myself? Because I think at this point, like, every other site and their mother have covered it. Yeah, but you and would... I, to go, I like to go for news that's more, like, not so much. Did... Like, I found a fun story about some guy, I think it was in China, who, like, rented out... A television screen on a ceiling that was like two feet wide, like, was hugely wide, and he like rented it for hours just to play Wow. Oh, nice. Wow? I think it was Wow. I have to look at my source. He <laughs> was good, though. <laughs>
4: Well, it depends. If you're just going to say that Cataclysm mm-hmm. is an awesome expansion, you should go play it. Then you're right. There's no point. But on the other hand, if you say it's terrible, it's horrible, and put that out there, well, I'm sure. I can't it,
2: judge. I yeah. honestly, I don't play WoW.
6: <gasps> All
4: right,
2: I, sorry, I, you're I, off the show.
4: You're, I, I you're off. The,
2: I run the MML thing, and I do not play WoW. Okay. No, I, I'm a, I like other stuff. I'm at the moment for my um for my travel log. I'm trying to. I'm playing through. I'm trying to play Kitsu Saga. Um, what's up with that?
4: Sarah, you can stay after class. Okay. So, give us a brief overview of your gaming history. How did you get started with RPGs and how's that developed over the years?
2: Uh, see, gaming history, we, we we got the Nintendo way back when when it like first came out. So, I was I think at first I was a platforming kid. I went from that into to Sega and then I was I think I would have just been normal. I would have dropped out of it altogether, but I got a subscription to Game Informer, and that sort of reinforced like, hey, I like games. My fir- first RPG technically would have been the first Zelda on Nintendo, which I didn't get because I was too young to understand what the heck I was doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But my one of my friends bought her PlayStation, and she let me borrow it and play through, um, try to play through Final Fantasy VIII. I think that was sort of technically my first one, unless you want to count Zelda, Mas- or Ocarina of Time, but I think technically I would count Final Fantasy VIII as my first one.
3: Now, what memories of Final Fantasy VIII do you carry as scars on your consciousness that will never
6: heal? <laughs>
2: hey, I I liked Final Fantasy VIII for what it was. I mean... What was it? To be truthful... Answer that for me! To be truthful, I mean, okay, yeah, the whole drawing magic thing all the time was kind of annoying, but whatever. To be truthful, Final Fantasy is not my favorite series.
4: Okay, <laughs> now you have two reasons to stay after class.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this <is laughs> Sensei will always be superior. I'm sorry. Anything from that series is superior to Final Fantasy in my mind. Well, 9 was really good, though. Yeah, I'm 9 was good. I'm a little disadvantaged. Good. I haven't played anything below 7, actually. I have them all. I like have the games I just haven't gotten to them. I have so many games I have to finish
3: Hey she hasn't played Final <laughs> Fantasy 6 That's Impressive
2: I have it I just have to get to it Is all
3: That puts you in the Esteemed company of I do believe Adrian Danowden Who has
1: also not played Final Fantasy 6 I haven't played Final Fantasy 6 really? really? Heathens Oof. Really I, I don't know I, I'm, I'm with her I don't buy into the whole of the Final Fantasy The pinnacle of Japanese RPG gaming
2: it's, it's, yeah, I, I love I'm very much I'm a bigger fan of Shimagami
1: Tensei yep. and if, as this today's bad track will prove that things outside of the Final Fantasy series can be just as satisfying and just as exciting
2: I also like Shadow Hearts because ah, they're done you. now
1: okay all I'm
4: hearing is blasphemy right now so let's move on to the next question what is your favorite um, RPG of all time
2: um god that's a toughie Actually, that's really tough. We'll help you
4: out with some Jeopardy theme song music. Dun dun And you have to answer the final
6: question.
2: Um, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne.
6: Agreed.
4: Alrighty, fair enough. Well, while while the rest of the panel here will be pondering what we're going to be doing with Sarah after school today. The rest of you please can please listen to this, the, the rest of you can listen to this fine musical selection as we get ready for blast from the recent past Today we're talking about four games of last from the recent past. These are games that came out around this time, about two years ago, so about the close of the holiday season, 2008. Uh, first up is arguably the best one on the list, and we kind of go slightly downhill from here, Shimigami Tensei Persona 4. Alright, who, who has played completely through from beginning to
1: end? Yeah, I was about to ask you guys this. When you guys go back to the past with these, do you spoil the whole thing? Absolutely, positively. Okay, I'll be back like in twenty minutes. <laughs> it's
2: I'm, I'm, okay, I, it... I sort of know what I sort of know what the spoilers are. I I I had to stop and start a Persona right. Three Fez, and I haven't finished that yet. Okay,
1: send me a message, and you guys are done because this is actually one of the next games on my list to play. It's like next on the stack, right well, after Warcraft. III. The, the question is
4: whether or not any of us have actually played far enough into it to actually hit any major spoilers. Oh, you... Where's
1: the discipline?
2: I finished... I had just beaten Teddy's persona. Hey, and hey, got hey,
1: hey, I know nothing.
2: I know. <laughs> you haven't left it. You said you were leaving. I'm go. leaving. Fine. <laughs> that was where I stopped, and it pisses me off. Because uh, I was having my friend watch me, and then she wouldn't beat it ahead of me. But I was like, I had to go back to Fez. Mm. Okay,
4: so in other words, you don't have to worry about spoilers, because apparently no one's played this one far enough to figure them out. But that's okay, because I think we, we a few of us have dipped our toe. I know a few things. <laughs> well, and there's there's also uh, how, how did you how did you get to play it, Sarah? Oh yeah, oh, I okay. mean,
2: again, I only got I just finished the dungeon with Risa, which was like a double whammy <laughs> battle anyway, and that's where I had stopped. But I, <laughs> I've looked; I've no stuff ahead of that too. I've 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 heard things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: Well, I mean, um, uh, you know, the the reception overall, I mean, Persona 4 uh, received some pretty good reception. A lot of what I read, uh, even on RPGamer, really kind of made it sound um, like it was a lot of the same as far as what you see in Persona 3, you see in Persona 4 as far as gameplay mechanics, setting, uh, quality of story, but Persona 4 was like, a little bit better. It was like polished. Now the the range of opinions went from "Oh my gosh, this is another absolute slam dunk. You got to go out and buy this," uh, down to uh, "You know what? It's a good expansion for Persona 3. And that's what you know. That's That's the that angle Glenn, Glenn Wilson took. So, how about you? I mean, how many hours did you put into it? And did you feel that? It, did you feel that it was uh, just basically an expansion for Persona Three? Uh, in terms of quality and stuff, or did you feel that it was truly the next Persona? Did you feel like it had a big separation, like Persona Two to Persona Three?
5: Hey, um, everyone, I just needed to let you know that I'll be right back or we'll be back soon.
2: It was totally a standalone. I-, I don't understand why it would just be an expansion. Journey in Persona Three Fez was an expansion.
4: I don't mean in terms. I, I don't mean as expansion. As far as it simply adds a little bit more onto the story or adds a side story like Fez did. Um, but in but when you play Persona Four, aside from the fact that the story is a completely different story, do you feel that the gameplay mechanics, the setting, the graphics, the sound, the overall quality of the game does it really just feel like just a, a little bit of a step, or did it feel like yeah this is a this is a sequel? This is the difference between you know.
2: I felt it was a sequel. Uh, if you want to break all that stuff down, okay, yeah, maybe the graphics kind of looked the same. Uh-huh. I mean, we are talking P- PS2 stuff, but I mean, I thought everything was a step up in my opinion for the most part. I sort of, the only thing I missed was the uh the gun thing with summoning the personas just cuz I thought that was really cool symbolically. And the cards thing was kind of, okay, summoning with cards whatever. I, I thought everything else was like a huge step up.
4: Mm-hmm. Um what did you what did you feel stood out? What was the contrast? What were some of the bigger contrasts between Persona Three and Persona Four?
2: Uh they had a much better cast of characters for one. Mm-hmm. I mean not to knock the others. I thought the other cast was pretty decent too, but I loved all these characters to death. Whereas mm-hmm. I was kind of indifferent to a few oh god Fuka. <laughs> <laughs> oh Fuca. Whereas in this group, I'm like, "I like all of you. I like all your characters. And I love Kenji to death, or Kanji, I love Kanji. It's my very favorite character.
4: <laughs> I think this one really needs to be brought over to the PSP too, because I'm really uh, enjoying my time with Persona Three on the
3: PSP. Having all that RPG still, look, they're bringing over Innocent sin of Persona 2 that leaves
6: excitement. I use Eternal
3: Punishment of Persona Two and Persona Four before everything is on the PSP of the Persona series.
4: Wait, wait, they they are they have it now. So they're bringing two over to the PSP.
2: Well, in Japan, coming, but is, are they going to bring it over then. to the states? Because mm, I have, I I
4: would hope so. Because I mean, they've already got the English translation done. I mean, that's I've you got know, Innocent Sin
3: is the one that. Never oh comes. right,
4: yeah, just, yeah.
2: Eternal, uh, what was it? Eternal Punishment came over here. I actually have that on my PS One.
3: Yeah, me too. But, you know? What Phil? Hmm. Atlas seems to bring over every Shin Megami Tensei game now, so I don't think you need to worry.
2: Yay! Nice. God bless him. (laughs) Atlas has not brought over over Catherine too.
3: (laughs) Atlas has not brought over Exceed, which I'm sure John doesn't mind anymore because he already finished it in Japanese. I haven't finished it yet. I'm right before
0: the end. You've Hmm. been
3: playing it for months and you're not done yet? I'm astounded.
0: <laughs> uh I've been and I have recently I have been kind of busy with you know Super Robot Wars L. That
2: yeah, doesn't even yeah. count though with especially with GRPGs. It doesn't matter how long you play it. It depends on the game. I mean, do you know how long I've been playing the first Disgaea? I have over 400 plus hours and that's cuz the timer stops after 400. Holy and I still s- haven't finished. Holy sweet mercy. Why would it's it, I'm item still world. I'm still going on i2psp. It's item we'll world. Just, I can't stop. It's item, item world. <laughs> Yeah.
3: What is so special about like, four hundred hours that the clock would stop there? <laughs> I, don't
4: I don't know. know. That's no. a good point. That's actually, like, yeah, maybe it's like if you took like two to the eighth power and divided by sixty minutes, it would come out to four hundred hours. Maybe. I feel it's... like if
2: it was on Xbox, I would have gotten an achievement for that. I think you would have. It's um, like an achi- achievement unlocked. You have no life.
0: I think Disguise three does actually have a trophy for that.
2: Oh God! Mm-hmm. I haven't even gotten to two yet, and I own that.
3: <laughs> Does 24,000 minutes mean something? Is that the highest number of minutes that can be displayed on the system's internal clock? Probably.
4: You know, it's a limitation for these uh, 32 or 64-bit systems. I don't know how many bits we're up to these days. Um <laughs> For the most part, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll just read a couple of highlights from, from some of our official staff reviews. Uh, uh, Max Storm says that uh, Persona 4 has a wonderful setting and story. Uh, characters are very believable, so he agrees with you, Sarah. He likes the characters. The, he also appreciated the interaction. He says it's vastly improved. Uh, party members can protect you, and battle is a huge plus, and that the pacing is very addictive. Um, Glenn Wilson uh, says that he he thinks that it has some of the best localization in any JRPG Uh, he really liked the simulation gameplay, he enjoyed the script, it was lengthy and excellent The voice acting is top-notch. He had some criticism for the graphics, and I think the biggest criticism he had was the – and I'll quote this one. The final ten hours are a horrible abomination, which can leave a reviewer bitter when it's the last thing about the game he experienced right before writing the review. So maybe it's a good thing you haven't beat the game yet, Sarah. (laughs) Maybe you never want to beat it.
2: (laughs) Oh, poo.
4: All righty. So that's our spoil. That's our spoil-free uh, recap of <laughs> Persona Four. All right.
2: Manny can come back now. Manny
4: can come back now. We didn't spoil it. Now, <clears throat> our next game is also right up there in terms of uh, classic RPGs. This is Chrono Trigger, the DS version. Um, and you I said it was downhill about from We this game a that, few months either. ago, didn't we? I think Chrono Trigger is a wonderful game, but I do think it's just a slight step down for Persona 4, but that's just my own opinion. Maybe you have a different one that you wish to share with the audience?
0: Uh, well, my opinions on Chrono Trigger can be mostly be summed up by, rewatch, by re-listening to the uh, recent backtrack we did on the issue.
4: That's right. So go back and listen to backtrack number, number 20 or 10-something.
0: 24, I think?
3: Yeah. I can't remember right now. And, yeah, I seem to remember talking about Chrono Trigger in that backtrack also.
4: Yeah, and, and Chrono Trigger is, is a wonderful game. It's one of the uh, – I mean, I, I, boy, I bought that one on the Super Nintendo back in the day when it came out. I paid the full 60 bucks. I remember all the advertisements for it and stuff like that. And this was back when I made like 5 bucks an hour, so <laughs> it was no small purchase. It was an investment. But uh, absolutely a, a great, great game. But uh, now Chrono Trigger, to the DS. I mean, I think a lot of our our listeners are familiar with Chrono Trigger. Um, this is uh, this is uh, an action, well, kind of an action RPG ish or whatever have you. But do do I mean, any it's of still y'all? Yeah, of. Still turn
0: based, sort of. Yeah,
4: still turn based and whatnot, and I. I'm just remembering that I'm supposed to be reading the um <laughs> credits for these guys. While I'm looking those up, do any of y'all remember the key differences between the DS version and let's say the PS release of it or the Super Nintendo
3: original? Well, oh, they they redid the translation. I noticed that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh yeah, no
0: Santa. Okay.
5: Well, the, the the primary difference was on it that you had the ability to put the um, the menus on the bottom screen and leave the top screen unpopulated. <laughs>
4: there was also um, a a place where you could uh, capture and train monsters, right?
3: Yep. (laughs) Oh, and And there was was a new dungeon, in case you love fighting palette swaps of everything else in the game over and over while doing fetch quests, because that's what you get to do in it. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
3: Let me guess, someone's still bitter about that one. (laughs) Gosh, John, I, I can't imagine where you could possibly derive such an inference from. (laughs) Oh, Chrono Trigger
4: Let me get the official disclaimer out of the way Chrono Trigger is published and developed by Square uh, Produced by Kazooie Kwaokui or something or rather Anyways, um, this was brought out on the Nintendo DS um, two years ago, some point I don't remember the exact date And it's rated E10 So even Manny can play it (laughs) So what about the extra dungeon that that chapter hides so much there, Mike?
3: Well, do, do you like fetch quests? Because you get to do fetch quests over and over and over while fighting recolored versions of the enemies from the rest of the game. And that's it, really. The environments even are palette swaps of environments from the rest of the game. <laughs>
4: nice!
0: <laughs> Actually, I believe a couple of them were um, stuff that appeared in the... Uh... Beta version or the demo version of Chrono Trigger That didn't make it into the uh, the full version But most of that was Admittedly palette swaps <laughs> and,
3: oh, and I should say that The uh, FMVs from The PS1 version seem
0: to have made their way Into the DS card and those were Nice to see Not essential but they're nice Oh and uh, I think also the DS version also finally Puts in this, uh, the song Singing Mountain on the soundtrack Which mm-hmm. was criminally Missing from the SNES version I think it was too, I'd have to go back and play it again Which, yeah, I can do that Well, it's the song that basically appeared on the official soundtrack When the game first came out But wasn't actually used anywhere in-game I remember Because the place it was being used had been cut For time reasons or something You know, ironic right?
3: But apparently the second battle theme Which was pretty good Was not placed into this version of the game Which is a shame Because it was a good theme
0: I'm inclined to agree with you
4: well, our very own uh, Glenn Wilson agrees with your sentiments regarding the extra content. He says it's minimal and out of place.
3: So there. Hey, didn't I review this too?
4: Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think I, think I just
3: he, think they are doing this. <laughs> I think you
4: did. I can't remember what you gave it though. Let me see. Let me. Oh, uh, I, I closed that window, Dave nebbit. Mike Miki gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Yeah, so Mr. Miki liked this game. And he said that it has aged like fine wine. Immense replay value. It's the Super Nintendo zenith for graphics and sound with an entertaining and amusing story and improved translation. Unfortunately, the additional thing's not so much fun.
0: So, and this oh, is, it and is it, also, For the record, it is also my second favorite RPG of all time.
4: Uh, and, you know, you actually did a good job of recapsulating, uh or encapsulating, or whatever it's called, uh, the additional things to the DS version. We get FMM sequences at certain plot points. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's true. That, those are pretty cool. Uh, those These date from Chrono Trigger's PS1 incarnation and are clearly grafted on later as they are replicate events depicted via the sprites. Uh, Touchscreen controls. I'm going to skip past some of this. A new translation. An arena for monster fighting. This is a divert this is diverting for a minute or two and then ceases to entertain. A new dungeon for two time periods. This place manages to increase the fetch quest count and chrono trigger by double digits. And another new dungeon that opens up after the game after you finish the game once. Fewer fetch quests and more monster mashing palette swapped opponents await.
3: Wow. Yeah, I should I should admit I did not finish that
0: second dungeon just because I was sick of fetch quests for some reason. So, you didn't get to see the uh, the new ending where they tried to make even more tenuous links to Chrono Cross.
3: I'm yeah. Sorry, I wasn't hardcore enough. You I weren't hardcore
4: enough.
0: Sorry, that was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm going to have to talk to my manager,
3: sir. Mm-mm-mm.
4: So, I mean, but overall, we all do, as much as we're picking on the additional content or whatever have you, Chrono Trigger is absolutely, absolutely fabulously a. a Wonderful, wonderful game! If you haven't played it yet, then get out of the cave that you're living in. go grab the d s version. I'm sure you can find it for around fifteen bucks these days anywhere and uh give this one a whirl
3: just that avoid is definitely the... the cheapest version. If you want the Super Nintendo version, you're gonna pay for it.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'll set you back a few bucks righty. So let's move on forward to our next not-so-favorite game that came out two years ago, Kingdom Hearts Re-Chain of Memories. Now, this this is not really a bad game, but it's certainly not in the class of Chrono Trigger. Have any of y'all played Chain of Memories?
0: Uh, <laughs> I've played the PS2 version that came with Final Mix, Kingdom uh-huh. Hearts 2 Final Mix. That's the version That's we're talking it. about. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Now PS-
2: this is like basically the same as the DS version
0: except with shinier graphics basically.
4: Okay. Yeah. Well, let's give credit where credit is due. Kingdom it was, Hearts is a
3: Game Boy Advance game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause this cause is I the remember PS... playing Chain of Memories and not liking it enough to finish.
4: Yeah. Let's give uh let's give credit where credit is cool. Ke- due. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Re: Chain of Memories is developed by Square Enix. This is a PlayStation 2 RPG released in North America on December the 2nd, 2008. And this is rated E10 for people above 10 years old. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So anyways, um, now I I play the Game Boy Advance version, and I actually did force my way to get all the way through it or whatnot. I was doing actually pretty much okay until I think like the last board or last boss or something. I actually had to review it an FAQ because it was kicking my tail over and over again. Um, I'm a big fan of... Trading cards or anything having to collectible card games on the computer and stuff like that, and that's why this game kind of caught my attention. Um, it isn't quite the same thing as a collectible card game, but you do use cards uh, to combat, so there is some strategy in what cards you take with you and uh, and what kind of deck you put together, what not. Though it's not as much strategy as I would like it to be, uh, the way the cards kind of pop up, um, the combat system is action uh, action oriented and what not, um, but the amount of when you, it's like, kind of like Zelda in the fact that you're hitting a button to, to swing your King Blade around But the amount of damage you do is based upon you know, What your active card Or your, your active three cards that are, you know, that are on the top of your deck at the time When you run out cards it reshuffles And, and whatnot, But the value on the cards if they're greater than the enemy's cards uh, And they're attacking you at the same time You're going to win And that actually seems to happen a whole lot so, sometimes you'll be attacking somebody, and you're. a lot of times, actually, and your attack will get broken, and you'll be countered attack because the value of your cards was lower than what the enemy came up with. It's it's not exactly the best game mechanic in the world.
5: I'd say
0: Final Fantasy VIII had a better mechanic than that one.
4: <laughs>
0: Ooh. Fighting.
4: Ooh. Oh, my goodness gracious. Are you know? It, it was kind of a hit or miss battle system. Some people liked it, some people didn't. Um, Alex uh, Raymer, staff member, reviewed it at the time. He thought it was interesting um, and whatnot. I will say it's interesting. I just don't think it was great. <laughs> I, I think I think the appeal of it, if it did appeal to you, kind of wears off. It's not something you want to see in future Kingdom Hearts game.
3: Oh, Alex, who is also known as Charles, whenever he's been on here.
4: Hmm. Um. So but the but if you didn't play the Game Boy Advance no, the Game Boy version and you're one of those people who just are dying to get around to completing every Kingdom Hearts, I, I think you can do worse than Chain of Memories, um, but you can also do better if you just only have time to play a couple of them. Or better you can just skip Kingdom Hearts series altogether and play Final Fantasy.
0: No, <laughs> uh, in my in my case I after after going into the trouble of buying and importing uh Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix uh-huh. Um I kind of felt obliged to at least try playing it.
4: And how was it for you?
0: Well, uh, as I say, I found the mechanics interesting, if mildly annoying at times. I just found Kingdom Hearts 2 to be a lot smoother, sort of combat-wise. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the now now, do you read Japanese? Did you understand the story as you were going along?
0: Um, I put together um sort of what I got from the story, and this was the case when I was playing Final Mix as well. Um, uh-huh. Was um, sort of my my basic Japanese skills combined with um, <laughs> looking it up looking stuff up online and stuff like that.
6: Mm-hmm,
4: so
0: mm-hmm. Uh, it's not too bad.
4: Uh, so, I mean, are are you are you uh, do you keep up with a lot of the Kingdom Hearts games? Um, oh, as a I series,
0: skipped, I skipped 3.58, uh, three, but I did get. Um, I did buy um, Birth by Sleep.
4: Do you feel that this, that this game brings a critical element to the series' storyline? That if you're a um, fan of the series, you need to I play think, this? I think the
0: problem is with Chain of Memories is it does, kind of, because it explains all of the stuff that happens in between the, the first game and the second game, mm-hmm. which is kind of, you know...
5: Yeah, it's, it's like that where I mean, if you don't play Chain of Memories, you really won't understand what the heck is going on in 2. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, there is a, there are a, there is a, quite a bit of elements of that, yeah. Mm.
5: So, and Kingdom Hearts
0: story is by its nature, very confusing. Yeah, mm. mm. well, and not completely impossible to follow. Yeah,
4: and, and Chain of Memories had to do a lot with with the with the main characters forgetting things, mm. and 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 that kind of segues to our next game that certain people wish they could forget. <laughs> Away <laughs> Shuffle Dungeon <laughs> Away Shuffle Dungeon For <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious uh, How do we, how do oh, we It's goodness. such a punny
3: segue that it Reduces everyone to spurts of laughter It is
4: <laughs> It is Away Shuffle Dungeon, our last game In our Blast from the Recent Past segment This was released in North America On October 30th, 2008 It's um, It's a, it's an action RPG For your Nintendo DS Rated 10+, plus because younger kids will be hurt by the awful gameplay, or is it a great game? Mike, you tell us.
3: I would not classify it as great or awful. It's sadly occupying that space in the middle where I have to read my old review to remind myself what was going on. It's <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> uh, forgettable. <laughs> the, t- the gimmick of this game is right there in the title, Shuffle Dungeon. And it does use the DS originally, I'll give it that where each side of the screen suddenly displays a time limit, and you have to unlock the puzzles to get to the other side, or else, if you let the time limit run out, you will be caught when the screen shuffles, you will take a hit, and the floor will reset. Um, Yeah, and aside from that gimmick, you're pretty much playing an action RPG where you have several different types of weapons. You have to run around quickly to smack switches and kill things in your way and dodge spears and all that fun stuff. And this... It starts, interestingly, this game's story, where you have a village in which the away happens, where people are randomly taken for no apparent reason, and they vanish permanently. And then it gets goofy as dungeons start opening up. Our main character, named Sword, ooh. Hey, can you guess what one of the weapons sword equips is? I'll only give you one guess. Hmm. Why Roy, it looks like he wished to speak something.
5: I would mainly just think that the um the whole village disappearing thing is all a la dark cloud.
3: <laughs> I can better associate the two once I have played Dark Cloud, it's on the list.
2: Ah <laughs> oh, god, I love that game. <laughs>
3: Oh, but wait until the story gets goofy near the end. I compared it to the village in my review, and that sort of fits, because it turns out that you are, in fact, on a spaceship where the people from the future who are monitoring your medieval-style village have been doing experiments or something, and it involves time travel near the end. I really don't remember the details. I just remember going, What? Huh? You're seriously going there? because, well, yeah, I guess comparing it to the twist of an M. Night Shyamalan movie done badly, which is half of his output, I know. What a I twist!
6: The... <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> well put, John. I'm... Well put. I don't really remember the end, because I never managed to get past the first dungeon. <laughs> I, I got past it, but then I got bored. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm not trying to argue that this is a great game in any way because it isn't, and its RPG connections are fairly tenuous. It's mostly covered on our site because it's developed by Mistwalker.
4: Hmm. Well, I mean, it's an action. It looks like a, it does look like it's more, you know an action RPG type of game. So I mean, we we've covered plenty of those on the site. As they have leveling up equipment.
5: Indeed, it does. Yeah.
4: So there, it, it's it's an RPG, XP and equipment. Yeah, that works. It's worked. an RPG,
5: just a very boring one. Yeah.
4: Very. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, yeah, Away shuffle dungeon. Only played, I guess, if you haven't played like, like lots of much better games like Castlevania and stuff that are out there. Um, there's other <laughs> better action RPGs.
3: Pretty much. I was so unenthused about any aspect of this game that the Internet itself rose up against my lack of interest and cast me out for a little while. <laughs> yeah, the Internet wishes it could forget about Shuffle Dungeon too. So, we're going to get... easy to forget. It's not bad enough to remember, and it's not good enough to think back about, hey, remember Shuffle Dungeon? That was fun.
2: Ah. <laughs> 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 We're going to give the internet
3: the
4: 30 seconds or so It needs to forget about a Shuffle Dungeon And we'll be right back to talk About a couple of games that are much Much, much more exciting about skies of arcadia we actually got two skies of arcadia games but let's kick off the uh, let's kick off with the Dreamcast guys of Arcadia. This is developed by Overworks, published by Sega for the Dreamcast, and uh, I guess I don't know if the game is a GameCube version the same thing or is that a different game. It's
3: the, it's the same thing. It's pretty much a director's cut, so we'll talk about that as an addendum. Okay, and this mm-hmm. was this was released on the Dreamcast in
4: Japan in October fifth, two thousand. Came out to North America November thirteenth, two thousand, and it came out on the GameCube. January 27, 2003 here in North America. This is an
3: RPG single-player experience rated T for Teen. I should also say before we do anything that both times it was released, it got Entertainment or Electronic Gaming Monthly's Game of the Month. And however much that means, I don't know, but it's noteworthy. So, alright. Let's talk about airships. How do they stay afloat?
4: airships. How, how do they say the float, and is it scientifically feasible?
0: Dude, it's magic. I
2: thought this was Japan featuring like things in their anime and whatnot that are the most unerringly aerodynamic things in the sky. I mean, it's Trinity Blood. It's, they basically ma- have flying crosses in the sky.
0: It's magic. <laughs> Who cares? It's magic. <laughs>
5: Remember, you've got all the magic moon rocks that make it happen.
0: Hey, Manny, I mean, to see I, I, I mean uh, surely, I th- I'm pretty damn sure there are a couple of airships that appear in, like, you know, World of Warcraft that that follow the same kind of principle. Now, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a
4: minute now. That I just got through destroying one of those ships in World of Warcraft, and it had big, huge balloons on the top, which I have to conclude are filled with helium, or some other lighter-than-air substance that keeps them afloat. So, yes, they are
0: feasible. But not aerodynamic. They are still flying boats.
2: <laughs> I mean, by that logic, you could uh, pop a balloon, it, you could put balloons on anything and make them aerodynamic. That's, that's right. Exactly make them maneuverable.
4: That's right. As long as they have balloons, they're good to go. But do these ships in Arcadia have balloons? Yeah, he seems to know.
1: No, it's kind of too late now. I wanted to just point out that everyone's favorite Reiko Kodama made this game, but we already sh- <laughs> that's long since gone.
3: Yeah, I, w- I, w- I still think that her
1: being the developer of the first four Fantasy Stars is worth mentioning. Yeah, everyone knows Reku Kodama. I mean, if you love old-school Japanese RPGs and the fact that she came from Fantasy Star and brought a lot of those Fantasy Star influences into Skies of Arcadia as a lead designer, you know, it's pretty... You can see, like, sort of the train of thought that carries into Skies of Arcadia from Fantasy Star.
2: You gotta give Skies of Arcadia a nice... a hey for giving a nice change of pace and where that, instead of getting the... um, the airship or the airplane or whatever as the final transport around the maps in the game you get it first off.
4: Well, let's 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 start let's let's start talking first set the stage, tell us about the setting, the characters, introduce the audience
3: for people who haven't played this before. Okay, let's let's do the protagonists first. Since we put him in the title, I think we should talk about Vice. Vice Okay, if we do vice. that, then we're going to keep thinking of ease, and let's not. That series has <laughs> nothing to do with this. So, who wants to take vice? That not ever. Wants. Not not
4: everybody at once. Now,
6: <laughs>
2: you know, he's vice. He's the main character. He's the the plucky. Well, I wouldn't call him plucky per se. He's the eternally
5: optimistic hero.
2: Talk
4: about talk about him in the context of the early plot and the early story. Set the setting, set the stage for our audience who hasn't played this game before.
1: You know, it's funny that you say that. Ape spoilers um, till later. All you saying it's funny that you say that. Feel like set up what he's like in the beginning because if there's one thing you can say about Skies of Arcadia, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It would be in most stories that there's not a, like a ton of character development. Vice is always as a, a plucky swashbuckler, swashbuckler who. Who has a strong sense of right and wrong and wants just really wants to go on an adventure and explore and that doesn't really change throughout the course of the game. That's always who he is.
2: It's like I really like Skies of Arcadia, but I will say that this was a game where the characters in the story were a little weak, but it was okay. Oh no, I I, I disagree
1: one hundred percent. I'm sorry, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I just thought it was.
2: I mean. Didn't, the characters didn't really ca- interest me too much, but there was so much other fun stuff to do. I was just like, yay, I found another special landmark. Yay, I got another crew member. Yay, this is so much fun.
1: Actually, I, 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 I remember excited. reading those, I remember yes. reading a lot of those old DGM reviews and, and a lot of what people liked is how positive and upbeat this, actual, this hero was. There was always this constant sense of what's around the corner, but not because so much just it's not sort of like one of those cases where the gameplay overshadows the story. It's more like a, a traditional story and a very kind of um, evil empire, but evil empire yeah, secret, You could have secret. to go
3: fetch the six
1: moon yeah. crystals. Hidden value, I mean, sort of like a hidden enemy behind the empire, all that kind of stuff. But the interactions with the characters and the, oh, that, oh, that large sense of camaraderie
0: they always had always kept me going. And And Vice was just plain likable. I mean... I think I think the reason why Vice worked as a character was at the time um, when Skies of Arcadia came out in 2000 or whatever. Um, you know, we just had an, a, a large. I think we we come off the tails of I think Final, both Final Fantasy VII and Final yeah. Fantasy VIII, which both had kind of you know, I see yeah, you're going. moody, large, lots of anti-heroes. <laughs> yeah, anti-hero, moody, not exactly nice main characters. And you know, Vice it's kind of funny
1: Skywalker. that. I'm just saying, it's funny that you bring that up because it seems like the anti-hero was a response to people like Vice and then it came around full circle and now people are like you know what we need a hero who's not moody and wants to kill himself and has who looks like a pretty boy just someone who wants to go into the world and and see what's out there
0: which is why which is why I think the character worked
1: absolutely
3: yeah Vice is not exactly deep but that makes it that means you don't have to worry about him going through some midlife crisis, even though he's only a teenager, and suddenly discovering that, uh, I don't know, he was made by aliens.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, no, was no, just... That was Fina and her brother.
3: We'll, we'll okay, get to that. Okay, do we want to talk Whoever about
2: Fina or Aika
3: first? Aika first. Aika. T- is, yeah. is it Aika or Aika? I think it's Aika. I just
0: always
1: call her Aika.
2: Okay. I think it's Aika. Alright,
1: I just want to, to the few. So, know, how about Ica. that, Ika?
3: <laughs> Man, Aika's hair is, um... How would one go about getting Aika's hairdo? <laughs> um, stop. go to Wendy's, <laughs> and then you ask Pippi Lundstock.
2: I- <laughs> we think only see Dave at Wendy's, we so have
3: to see Wendy.
2: I would think you would just do Misty's hair style from Pokemon, and then do the other half. <laughs>
3: Let's see what else. What else is there to Aika? She's Vice's childhood friend. She's great with a boomerang.
2: Girl, next, she's the girl next door too.
1: Oh, and the con- yeah, yeah.
2: She, she did like live right next to him.
1: <laughs> oh, and she always did the, like. She was infamous for making those angry anime faces.
0: She also over- has the, uh, the most over overactive anime uh, animation uh, imagination amongst all of the cast
1: oh, that was like one of the best parts of the entire game is when you, you reach a new area, s- area. And then I could suddenly imagine like, well, what if we went there and-, and they turned us into cats and then you became a cat monster and then you had to eat us because we were mice monsters and it's like this big elaborate story <laughs> in her brain. And everyone's gonna be like, hey, back to reality. No, yeah, no, so I just-
6: enjoyed of,
2: it. Didn't they like, they hinted that she liked uh, Vice. Of course, she also had to compete with Fina, who they also sort of hinted, and then they never really did anything with it. See, herself. and you said no,
0: there was a love triangle the whole game.
2: <laughs> but they never did anything with it in the end. Because did Because they? So they,
0: they, uh, they took the macro solution to the love triangle, which is basically don't solve the love triangle.
2: <laughs> I mean, not that I minded, and in, in the end, I was actually okay with it. I was like, whatever, they're all together, they're friends, trio of them, yeah.
5: Well, there was also her obsessive love of treasures.
0: Ah, yes, the obligatory treasure hunter, a uh, subterranean locksmith specialist.
3: Gotta have someone. If you're bl- if you're blue <laughs> rogues, then you've got to go after treasures
0: while they're available. Well, I mean, if you're pirates, you've kind of got to have someone who who kind of stereotypically does this sort of stuff. It's almost required. Right. Well, I've always night.
2: liked her moves the best.
0: Uh, and uh, yeah, she does have that fire theme about going about it. Do
2: you know how many times I spammed Lambda Burst just to watch the animation over and Lambda over? Lambda Burst. It's like ah, that's a lot of fun to watch. Mm.
0: Pretty much all the animation smells the like gamer. burning. Or
3: oh, something. let's see here. Well, let's complete our love triangle with Fina.
0: Ah, uh, the eh, mysteri- Fina. the mysterious waifu of the uh, the, the trio.
1: No, um. How, for refresh my memory when do you actually encounter Fina like how did how did she appear to the party because when the game starts um, she's like Ica and um, Vice are already together on their homeland I mean in their like sort of home well, little isn't
2: hamlet. it like they go she out went, on the ship she on, and she's like on her ship
1: yeah she's on Alfonso's ship
3: at the beginning and you rescue her after you beat his uh, pet beast that he throws at you <laughs> yeah because you never actually fight Alfonso well that would have been a horrible disappointment what would Alfonso have done he'd probably taken one hit and died but that's Probably. getting into the villains.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's where you meet That's where you meet her for the first time. You rescue her from his... Because sh- he, he shoots her ship down. And mm-hmm.
2: Standard, yeah. Standard, standard. White yes. magic chick you have to save.
1: <laughs> hey, but remember, this was ten years ago, so standard, standard is a little bit okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did play this a decade ago. Um, so standard... And by
0: that point, she already has Coupa with her, right? Yep. She does. She does.
1: And well, what she, is it doesn't
0: exactly act, she doesn't actually join your party, though, until later. Ah. So, so what is a cupel, you guys? I have no clue. I'm still confused ten years later.
3: Um,
1: cupel looks to be the friendly version of Slimer from Ghostbusters, I think. <laughs> I bet you're right. He's it
2: sentient also, gelatin. So, yeah, <laughs> He's it's, it's
0: a, a it's, it's, it's sentient gel, uh, jelly that serves as her primary weapon as well.
1: Uh, do you guys remember, I mean, uh, I'll just quick, a uh, little um, survey. Who played this on the Dreamcast and who played it on the GameCube? I played it I on both,
0: actually. I played this on the GameCube only.
2: I played
1: on the GameCube. Oh, so did, let me, did you have the same experience where the Dream, us Dreamcast players would uh, pop in a VMU and whenever we. See, um, in order to level up her weapon cupel, you'd have to find these little. What are they called? Cupel shards? Uh, cham- cham- I thought it was. Shards.
2: Cham shards? Yeah. Cham- I remember you had to collect Cham. Moon charts. And You had to collect moonfish. But the moonfish went to the little girl and her bird, right?
1: Yeah. The moonfish are exclusive to the GameCube. I I I have no clue what you guys are talking about with the moonfish. Well, uh, I'll
3: I'll give you the the short version right now. Essentially, it gives you a use for that thing Vice is always wearing on his eye where you can go first person and find moonfish and they give you oh. a... All right. So,
2: Yeah, there's this this side mission with a little girl and she's got this little bird and she's like, "Bring me moonfish so he'll get big and strong and, you know, as he eats them and, you know, he does and as he does, you'll he'll spit out um special useful items. stuff for you, like weapons and, and prizes and junk.
3: Oh, right. Manny, we, we should mm-hmm. also mention the wonderful feature of the Dreamcast version where the disc would
0: spin very loudly every time you're about to get into a fight.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wasn't you there, wasn't the there a, a way you could exploit that to avoid random encounters? You could try. I, I never tried it very much because... I, I do do it believe it the method like... was when you heard the disc drive spin up was immediately open the menu and then change a piece of equipment on your character and it would reset like the random number <laughs> generator and it wouldn't take you into an encounter. Because the, uh, the the uh, encounter rate was changed between the Dreamcast and the uh, GameCube version. It was changed down. They thought it was and too they
2: the uh, They raised the amount of XP you get, I would believe.
3: Somewhat, yeah. Okay, we've talked about Fina and Cupel. I guess it's time to move on to Drachma. <laughs> All right. Our favorite pirate with an enormous mechanical arm.
0: Dragma, uh, the retired badass, the guy who used to be who who used to be awesome and is now just a fisherman. Honest.
2: The weathered, the weathered veteran. Veteran.
0: Yes, and the the, 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 the kind of um, sort of you know allusions to Moby Dick as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, oh yeah.
0: Just the, just a, the the just replace the whale with a flying purple whale. Thing.
2: <laughs> Basically, yes, still it's, whale. it's
0: really deep reading when you replace the whale with a different colored whale that <laughs> flies. Right. I well, think the only thing we're, we're you, you kind of I think anything, the only thing we're really missing in that sort of pile is a bold petunias
2: <laughs> and queequeg.
3: <laughs> well, let's see here. How about Gilder?
0: Ah, uh, Gilder. I haven't How- liked it. What was what's the game's rating again? Remind me. It's a teen, uh, I think. Yeah, I swear to hell, half the things Gilda says are, are not supposed to be in a teen game. I don't know.
1: I think tits, kids can handle teens can handle mild sexual innuendo. He
2: almost wondered mild. if he liked his to ship too much.
0: Well, and the <laughs> frequent references to dockside prostitutes. But hey. <laughs>
5: He really liked his show, Claudia. <sighs> oh, he's always really a of Clara.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Clara, his creepy stalker. <sighs> <sighs>
1: mm. Well, one thing I did want to talk about, sort of was uh, lost in the middle of the conversation about Vice's eyepiece was Going back to Cuba Really quickly Just because I thought It was interesting Is um Do you guys remember Hey Mike Hey Manny
3: <laughs> Man the internet Hates me tonight Does it It appears to Otherwise it wouldn't Keep kicking me off
2: Like I you did ask... off
3: Um I Can't Say I have No idea Let's Let's not let our Benevolent internet Overlord Know anything <laughs> Nope nope. <laughs>
6: so,
3: so yeah, apparently we're talking about Gilder and I missed half of it.
5: Never anger the Internet.
2: I think so, Manny was going back to something
1: Il- else. No, you can go ahead. Continue on. Go Roy.
5: Well, this is saying you should never anger the Internet.
3: <laughs> I don't think Gilder ever did, but he probably would if the Internet was a beautiful woman.
5: <laughs> um, 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 the I only did... thing I said. The only thing I said was that he always was running away from Clara.
2: <laughs> yes, so a be- wasn't Lara. she a beautiful woman? That sort of. I guess she was just too goddamn annoying for him.
0: Oh, the only Look thing. The only her thing her I think ship. Yeah,
3: that it is was her the ship. most obtrusive pirate ship in the world's history.
0: You could seriously see that coming from miles away.
2: She's not very good at stealth at all.
0: And she did love pink. Oh, God. The the color scheme was almost... was eye-searing, I swear.
3: (laughs) But yeah, I also loved Gilder's uh, special moves. Gunslinger was kind of cute. Come on. Dance for me.
2: What was his... I loved... What was that one line he'd say if he was the final one to do the final attack and kill the last boss? because I wish they were all that easy. It's like, you're so dirty.
0: <laughs> As I said, I swear to hell, half the things that Gilda says in his dialogue that's it, stuff that shouldn't be in a teen game. <laughs>
3: well, the
0: inconsistencies of
3: the ESRB can be de- can be determined another time. Just know that they exist for now. Yep. I guess that leaves Enrique, and if we're going to talk about him and that... Somewhat constitutes a spoiler, but that's what we do here.
2: You know, y- you can say what you want about Enrique about being a wussy-looking guy. He was so useful in battle. I was almost. Oh yeah. I yeah, almost he, he, wanted him to. I did not want Gilder because I preferred Enrique to him in battle.
0: Yeah, I I always had Enrique in, in my party when when uh when I was allowed to. Not to mention I mean, um.
2: Good portion I of my wanted my wanted bounties, like. I solved some of those so fast because you got Enrique and you use that um, Justice Shield, and then you have Ica spamming um, Delta, Delta Shield, shields. and then you're pretty much covered.
3: Yep. <laughs> yes, the okay, balance is just Delta Shield. Get the GameCube version. Okay, let's see here. So that's Enrique. And in case we, we haven't spoiled him enough, so he is the son of Teodora, the Empress of Valua, and because he doesn't get along with his mother, he joins you. And he comes with the Delphinus, which is awesome of him, and he's not bad in battle either, so... You know what? I'm going to let him do that.
0: I yeah, I get a help? ship
2: out of the deal. Sweet.
0: Well, yeah, the Delphinus yeah. is awesome. The Delphinus is awesome. Okay, I there's mean,
6: our
3: protagonists. Shall we talk about, say, Dine and.
0: The, uh, the other supporting cast? It's a large one. If we go into all the crew members, then it gets interesting. Oh, <laughs> I, I think we'd probably run out of time or something if we tried doing that. Maybe we should yeah, just
2: explain
3: how the members. crew members work.
0: Well, well, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the NPCs first, or do you want to talk about the actual, you know, crew building section? Or maybe we should talk about the villains first. We already mentioned Alfonso, our pompous fop. Oh, yeah. Alfonso, well, the, what you really probably talk about is the, the Valuan uh, armada in general, the, the, the kind of a whole organization of bad guys, with the possible exception of Enrique, the single, solitary, sole voice of reason in this entire madcap outfit. Um, And Alfonso
3: is one of their six admirals, and the next one you face in combat
0: will be, I believe, DeLoco, wasn't it? Uh, DeLoco, yes, I believe so. He's also the most insane, (laughs) quite possibly.
3: What, you don't think putting a
0: gigantic flamethrower onto your ship so you can burn down forests is insane? Well, I was thinking more along the lines of his mannerisms, you know, the whole, um, his ship design his Him crazy obsession head. with the main character, uh, and his obsession of with his giant, laser <laughs> mm, giant laser beams. Mmm, giant laser beams.
3: <laughs> hey, Manny, got any
1: comments about Deloco?
0: Um,
1: I, I, I don't know. I think we kind of lost the, the sort of train of thought here really quickly. Um, no. So, basically... So the Valued Empire is like, what, the evil armada who's, uh, what, colonizing what, the entire what do you even call it, the planet? The entire planet? Floating air space?
6: Yeah. yeah, why not? Um,
1: So what, like six, they have, what, seven different admirals? with Six admirals controlling different region of the, well controlling, in quotes, more like conquering different regions of the planet? With their personal but, fleets, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's
0: kind of how they organized it.
1: And each time, so basically, like they're the big final bosses—well, sort of. Bef- I don't want to. I don't know if we want to get into that just yet. But so sort of the big final bosses of each
0: area, until so you face off like the
1: the true enemy, the
0: Gigas. Remember? Well, Valur yes. um, itself is kind of like a pastiche of um, like colonial um, sort of Europe. You know. uh, when like, they went I out. Well, like Spain a
1: lot. Like uh, yeah, colonial uh, there's a
0: lot of Spanish influence in there, and I think that's reflected in their ship design, which kind of well they are um like airships that still float they still have that kind of like well they they lack sails but they still have the the kind of stylings of um like seventeenth century
2: yeah big uh, spanish ongoing vessels. vessels
0: yeah um and the uh the 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 person at the top of the um uh the vauan
6: command structure
0: of- Command structure is Empress Theodora, Alfonso. Uh, is she is she related to Alfonso? I can't remember. That's his mom. Oh, yeah. Alfonso. Alfonso. Yeah, Alfonso. I, I think his aunt or something. Aunt yeah. Alfonso. And me- basically a megalomaniac. Um. <laughs> wants to conquer the world and sends her admirals out to do her dirty work for her. Because the thing is, was she
2: was she like all big and fat like the queen in Final Fantasy IX?
0: She wasn't that bad, but she... I think it's just the fact that she also wore that kind of period Victorian dress. Yeah, like a
1: big bustle or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, she had that... She looks a bit like Mom from Futurama.
1: You know, it's <laughs> just kind of funny, <laughs> too, is that, she th- did. is that she said she was uh, creating this vast empire for the sake of her son, Enrique. And Which is ironic, really, because he, uh... he kind of
0: continually mentions that he doesn't want one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, funny how that works. You know, so.
1: and I, the community... I, another thing we... Oh, go ahead. Oh, just to say, one thing that we didn't quite mention just yet was the ship battles, and that was probably one of my favorite things about um, taking on an admiral. So it was this big endeavor. First, you, you know, first you'd fight a big ship battle, and then maybe you would jump on their ship after that was done, and finally take on the admiral himself. It was like it was always this big, elaborate affair where you felt like taking on a boss. You're gonna have to use all of your resources and all all of your skills at your disposal.
0: Well, we could go down the list. I mean, okay, while well, we didn't really fight, get to fight Alfonso, um, we got we to fight. His... Um, Sorry?
3: We fought his pets instead.
0: Yeah, we um there was Admiral. We did you fight
3: the Gre- Gregory? Gregorio
0: was it Gregorio? Gregorio. Yes, that was it, Gregorio. Uh, who After I think names had, ended was, who was uh Enrique's uncle who basically flew around in this in this uh ship with a massive battering ram on the front of it.
1: Oh, was he the one who prevented us from going into the dark
0: rift? Yes. Try to do, do it, you? At least? The you shall not pass guy. Yes, you know, Gandalf basically. Iron Defense
1: Gregorio, <laughs> I think it was his name, one right?
0: Yeah, um, and then there was um, uh, Vigoro, who Vigors. was grade A hilarity from start to finish. He was like a
1: imagine the Jersey Shore ten years ago.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and he had a, a ship with a really large cannon, leading to a, possibly one of the funnest ship battles in the game. Oh, was that over Japan? Over fake Japan? Yeah, the um, <laughs> jousting battle. Um, that was really With good. continual references to cannons. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, yeah. and pretty much saying, hey, Vice, my cannon's bigger than yours. Yeah, he does outright say that at one point.
3: <laughs> and I got to wonder, how much hair gel does Vigoro use? Because that is one massive, massive do.
0: He also attempts to um, uh, to force himself on Iker at least once.
1: Well, oh, to be fair, he's more like, he doesn't, you it it, it can sound so dirty like he tried to rape her or
0: something. Yeah, and then there's, uh, yeah. who's next? Oh, the the solitary female admiral. Belaza. The master of disguise, um, and whatnot. And she um, has she's in charge of the
1: entire desert region, right?
3: In, uh, and user.
0: also quite possibly one of the most annoying ship battles in the game. I hated fighting her. Yeah, you had to do that with Drachma's ship, which was uh, hard-pressed to do the job at that time. It's a fishing boat with cannons. <laughs> you, were made of, you, you were made of wood and fail. <laughs> and then there was uh, the previously mentioned DeLoco, who is loco, completely.
3: Yes, why the does mad... he have a bubble
0: over his head? Because he's a mad scientist. He doesn't, it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to kind of, you know, be there sort of thing.
3: I think you uh, fight him more than any other admiral, and then when yeah, you, you fight... Yeah, you fight well, him, I
0: think, at least three times during the course of the game. Um, finally, and then there's the the mysterious uh, sixth admiral, Ramirez, who is a long-haired pretty boy that you need to beat the shit out of in order to make everything right with the world, you know, following although, the
3: old. Although you will fight him twice before that, and he is literally invincible when you
0: fight him earlier. Yeah, he will kick your ass handily.
3: No, I, I seriously tried to take him the first time we fought, and it was not possible. He did Silver Eclipse; it killed everyone in one hit. You that yeah. um,
1: story. Um, another. Hey, one of, it's interesting because there's like another system in the game about the, the reputation system, where if um, you get certain choices to make throughout the game, either like whether to fight a battle or not fight a battle, and that would sort of increase your reputation throughout the world and give you new titles. And saying, you know what, I'm not going to fight Ramirez now, was actually one of the, the times where you could increase your reputation.
3: Yeah. Although the later time when you get to fight him You are supposed to fight him and get your butt kicked Because otherwise your reputation yeah. goes down So
1: you're supposed to say no the first time And yes the second time You mean that you can't win either way
0: And then uh, finally there's the guy There's the guy sort of semi at the top Is uh, Admiral, is it Galcian? I always thought it was Galcian But it might be Galcian I don't yeah. know Basically a, a very large imposing guy In a big cloak that stands around And looks incredibly evil you know he needs to he wears a sign saying i am not evil honest really you know <laughs> i am not masterminding you know the takeover of the world i'm not going to give it to the empress etc etc etc
3: and he's not if you he's are not very, very nice very
0: slow when you
3: are escaping from valua you get to fight galsean and he will kill you because at that point in the game he is uh
1: a god to you well or compared to you that, yes like, uh, at one point, you escape the capital, and you're running on top of a train, trying to get away from him as quickly as possible. and There's just slowly walking towards you, menacingly looking at you, and you know if he catches up, you're dead.
0: You, you're you have screwed. Yeah, yeah. That and was a, that was a really
3: cool sequence. The entire escape from Balua, though. Well, we'll get to that.
0: Yeah. Okay, we've. Okay, so that's I the think villains. All the
3: I villains, think. actually.
0: Uh, well, we could mention the we could mention the overarching plot and the Gigas as well.
3: Yeah, the Giygas count.
0: They were... Especially driven. the first
3: two which you fight with
0: the little Jack, Drachma's ship, and cannot beat. Well, you you force the green one back, but... And I actually saw its
3: hit point meter going down a little bit, but... That's not the point. You're supposed to <laughs> knock it into a hole instead of beating it.
0: Yeah, well, uh, basically, the, the, the setup is thusly. Um, there are um, six, the, the world of Skies of Arcadia is, is basically a, a, lo- a bunch of floating con- continents, um, and floating in the sky are six different colored moons, which occasionally rain down, um, well, basically magical rocks that allow the ships to fly. It's silly, but hey, it's magic. I think I'll let them get away with it. <laughs> However, there are also s- um, six especially powerful plot MacGuffins,
2: <laughs>
0: One I mean, come on! They are the archetypal plot MacGuffin.
2: I just like the term <laughs> MacGuffins as opposed to "death." I don't MacGuffins. know.
0: I, I bought into the whole thing ten years ago. I thought it was just fine. There
1: was six moons and six civilizations that flourished under each moon, and under each power of each moon. And eventually, they came to blows. And because they had so much magical power, they create they decided to create super weapons called Giga's, which eventually end up destroying the sixth civilization, which is this, which is hidden. The Silver Civilization. I love that Hitchcock's
3: terminology has entered into common parlance.
0: Yes, (laughs) the uh, the, the Plot McGuffins control these superweapons, these these Gigas. There's Um, a certain
2: point in anime and JRPGs where I'm just like, no matter how outlandish the plot is, I'm like, whatever, run with it. I'm cool with it.
3: Once you get to Yafutomo, you get to take out your first Gigas instead of... Pushing yeah. or just. But basically, Fina's
0: um, whole, whole point for being around is seemingly to collect the various. Um, the various. Uh, uh, crystal? Crystals. Control the them. And stop them from being used for evil things. Like, like you what know. Like, actually happens every
3: time we get to any new
0: place. Yep, pretty, pretty much.
2: much. Isn't it like a, a long streak of we're trying to stop this and then we didn't do it? Because, <laughs> like, we failed again.
0: Cause you well eventually you usually have to stop the thing after it's woken up. It happens with every Gigas bar one. And that would be the one which ties into the Moby Dick legend. Yep. Where it turns out that the large purple whale is actually one of is actually the purple gigas. And Drachma is actually quite sad when it um, unceremoniously cops it. <laughs>
3: Shock horror. Yeah, spoiler time. Oh, gosh, we never do that
0: around here. Yeah, you know, it's a major, <laughs> major spoiler.
2: Unless one of us has to leave first because he doesn't want to hear the spoilers.
0: Oh, I've, I, I've played through this game how many times?
2: <laughs> I, I was making a dig at Manny. <laughs>
0: I know, and I didn't appreciate it very much. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. I
3: should mention that the first time <laughs> I played this, I got lost a lot, which is what I tend to do whenever I have license. And I think I took over
0: 90 hours to beat it. That's how often I got lost. No, I got lost as well the first time I played it, but I think that's kind of what happens when, like, the first thing you, you give to the player as soon as you start the game is an airship that allows you to go many places. Admittedly, there are a lot of thick cloud banks or whatever they justified it as that sky prevent rips.
3: you from going everywhere. Sky rips, thank you. And yeah, there's also I, I, Deep Sky, which you only see once for your twice. final fight the Loco. Twice...
2: Three times, lady. I do whatever <laughs> I do in those games. Is that, yeah, I know I have to go over here, but I have a, I have O C D so I'm like, ooh, what's that? What's that? What's that? I just go yeah, as cause... far as I can go at that point. Like if there's a, mon- if I go too far and there's a monster, I can't be it's like, okay, I can't go here yet. I just go as far as I can go without going towards the actual thing I'm supposed to go to, and then I go to the thing I'm supposed to go. Which to Which is
1: okay though, because in this game you're rewarded for that. I mean, um, at one point you meet an adventurer called Diego.
2: Oh, I mean, Diego. Diego. I was Domingo, like, I was it? so very glad to finally get him because finally I didn't have to worry about him stealing all my like exploration things. Well, yeah, but you
1: compete with this guy to to find more. What, so sort of like the discoveries, what? yes.
2: Yeah, the discoveries. You've got
1: to throw out the world are a bunch of like rare, discover, um, rare places or rare creatures, and you need to go discover them and get fame and glory before your rival Domingo does.
2: It was yeah, lucky when I found him, and he's like, you have to get this many discoveries before I'll join you, and I'm like, I already got that many. You're mine now, buddy. Get (laughs) on my ship. You're a part of the crew.
3: Yeah, and I I find that the discoveries were a great way of fleshing the world out in a way that the central narrative couldn't really do.
0: Yeah, that was one of the things the discoveries did do, was basically reveal elements of the backstory that they couldn't do through regular dialogue. Like, um... Uh... You know, just via just, just simply describing, um you know, describing the uh, certain objects as you found them, and it it just fleshed the world out. It was probably insignificant to some people, but to those of us that quite enjoyed the setting, the Skies of Arcadia, and it was appreciated. Yeah, it, it, it that there was,
2: was a great it was universe. Great. That was a great That's universe great. they set up.
3: Okay, we've talked about Valua, we've talked a little bit about um, Yafutoma, yeah, the
0: pseudo-Japan, but we haven't really mentioned Iksataka yet.
2: Ah. Yeah. But I will, just, say, uh, one th- I, I will uh,
0: say one. I will say one thing about Ixataka. It has one of the most awesome pieces of music ever. I was about to say the same thing. My favorite background music in that in the entire game. Percussion for the win. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 uh, Ixataka was kind of based on um like tribal slash Aztec basis there It's there like
1: central, like Central and South American, sort of like Central and South American uh, native. Indigenous, yeah, native Indians. Because yeah.
0: uh, one of the discovery, uh, like the discoveries in that area, included um, uh, like a, a, f- a totem pole that had fallen over, um, a, a, a picture of a, I think it was a phoenix in in the pattern of the Nazca lines, um, yeah. and other st- and basically a a, a mist filled ancient city from the old world that. Could have rolled right, right its way out of an exotica. Uh, sorry, right its way out of a um, Indiana Jones film. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, because I think uh, I, I think the, um, the the hidden city that you go to in Ixataka, wh- whose name temporarily escapes me, um, wh- is actually based on a real life location, an ancient city that was built into the mountains, sort of thing, somewhere in like Central South America. I'd have to go and look that one up.
3: Let me but, see. Here. Must
0: be somewhere around here. Talking about Cusco. The what now? Sorry. I'm talking about the city of Cusco. It might have been it. I think they made it into it. They made it into a wonder in Civilization Five. Forteca is the Ixcatecan town. Oh yes, what was the name of the town? Moonstone Mountain. No, oh, that was the name. Is that it? Sorry. Rixus. Rixus. That's the one. Yeah, the they city, the the, ancient, the hidden city of Rixus. So, yeah, but yeah, Ixtaca right. was 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 funky just because of that music theme. Everything else was just gravy.
3: And for our for our Middle Eastern
0: setting, we have Nazrad. which got the crap t- kicked out of it about halfway through.
2: And that's where you met what's her face, right? The female general. Yep. Yeah. Which, you know, is so obvious when you meet her as a dancer person. I'm like, this chick is gonna so betray me. I know it.
0: It's so it's so obvious. It's obvious, but unfortunately, the main character is busy being distracted by boobs.
2: <laughs> pretty much, and you know, Aika calls him on it. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, what yeah, are Fina's you looking at? Like to call
6: him
0: on it. But
3: Fina noticed.
2: Fina noticed, but she was kind of cool about it. She's like, "What? She's very attractive. Is there a problem?"
3: <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Vice is incapable of coherent thought until Belena, ooh, such a subtle name change, is out of the room.
2: Yeah. Okay. like, oh, yes, I so trust you implicitly, <laughs> random chick, who's totally not going to screw me to over. Be later. Fair, though,
1: to be fair, they needed, a, they needed a ship to get there, and she was the only one willing to provide it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah that's I, true Brock that's I, had that's- I think to be brutally honest, I think even if Vice knew he was walking into a trap, he'd probably take it anyway because that's the kind of character Vice is. He doesn't care, he figures he can get his way out of it. And
1: like I said, killed two birds one stone, he needs to get there anyway. Yeah.
3: Even if she is evil, she's letting you get there and nobody else is.
1: I like how everyone else is still negative on this game, and I'm like the stunt like wait, but then again.
2: I'm not. It. I'm not negative. It was a great game, but I, you know. Hey, I'm not. I'm not, that, no, I'm not that.
0: No, I'm not that. negative either. I just.
2: It wasn't I, the strongest story I've ever seen, but like, it was. There's a lot of was, great uh, stuff.
1: I mean, legitimately, I think like a decade ago, this was, and especially on the Dreamcast, which is RPG starved at the time. I thought this was just like the best thing that was out there at the time. And the story was exciting. I was happy to have my brand new Dreamcast and play this game where I got to explore all these brand new lands and, and which were at the time very pretty. You know, full three D was quite nice looking because it was like like the first uh, what one twenty eight bit system out on the market. I thought. I, I, well, we should. I'm putting the, in that light. I didn't play like on the GameCube. I played this right when it came out on the on the Dreamcast, and there was no well, anti-aging. They've aged, but they ha- They don't look ugly now. They just look old. There's a hmm. difference between ugly and old.
2: Yeah, it's, it's it hasn't aged that badly.
1: No, I just but made it, was it more was.
0: impressive at the time, but not like ugly. <laughs> oh, my my oh, general oh. opinion on um, Skies of Arcadia is yeah, okay, it it is full of all kinds of faults. It it's so it, the the plot is cliche, the characters can't have been developed as much as they can, and it can be a little bit glitchy at times. But I don't care. It I you know I it's I can a, see yeah, exactly. That. It's
2: like I, I yes, it is a fault on the story and the characters, but. Again, you're right, it's like, it's so much fun, it it hardly matters. It's like, whatever. This is too much fun to play, I'm okay with that. Oh, Manny. Would have have better characters and better story enhanced it? Okay, yeah, but whatever, it was still a great game.
3: Mm. Speaking of the visuals, Manny, we should mention the facial expressions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was pretty new at the time, to have no...
2: What was, drawings, what was the went, sound again? Someone was doing it. What was that standard uh, vice sound he would make whenever he did that smile where his eyes looked closed? Uh uh-huh. like, huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> it, was, yeah, it was right. Yeah, I
1: mean, um, there were no character portraits next to the faces. You'd actually. They, they these really big, wide heads, so you can actually see when
0: they were actually angry or very happy. It brought and, a lot um, of. The, the one I remember particularly is Iker's face for when. Um, uh, well, particularly, actually, when it crops up, when Vice is busy, oogling Blazer. <laughs> oh, um, she gives you the dirtiest look, doesn't just, she? You know, gives it the most, I-know-what-you're-doing look. And it is hilarious.
1: <laughs> even made me feel bad, like, oh, I shouldn't be looking either.
3: <laughs> well, you mentioned exploring new places. Who else was totally bizarro-worlded by the Great Silver Shrine?
0: Uh, considering you do the Great Silver Shrine after you do the Dark Rift, I kind of think it's not really that bad anymore. I don't know. my memory.
6: Considering, considering Silver what Shrine, they were that, talking that, that's about. That's
0: the one where you go zero gravity and upside
3: down all over the place. Is that the oh, final uh, crystal location? One of the final dungeons, yeah. Mm. yeah. It's the place where once you finally get to the plot point at the end, uh, Ramirez shows up, kills one of the elders to get the crystal, and you're out of there.
2: I know, she he totally tries to kill Fina. I was like, are you serious? Okay, I understand you're all like upset and that your mentor guy died, but seriously, you this is <laughs> I thought you cared about this chicken in some extent and you're trying to kill her. Like, ah jerk. <laughs> totally. It's been a while. I, I forget some of the um <laughs> what of his, of his motivations, but still I was I remember seeing that scene where he's about to go. I was like, What?
3: You jerk! But we should mention that Ramirez never betrays Galcian. Oh, and Galcian, he betrays
0: the Queen. You never saw that coming, did you? Mm, of course not. Yeah, like, he doesn't look evil. Well,
2: but the Ramirez Queen doesn't look that formidable him. either.
3: <laughs> and mentioning the Dark Rift, we should mention that there are a couple of ship-only dungeons in this game, which is quite a break from the usual.
0: Well, yeah, because there were three dimensions, especially the Dark Rift itself. Which was you had to go all over the place to get out of that place, and the random encounters weren't especially forgiving, yeah, I mean as you got
1: you guys talk about flaws with the, this game, probably the greatest flaw that everyone pointed to was the really, really really high rate of random encounters, although only in the dreamcast version they were yeah it was uh, improved in the in the directors cut legends
6: mm hmm
1: but man those high i mean i I got reached the point by... I played this game multiple times, and my favorite part of the game was where you could fly above the sky, like high sky, <laughs> and then there oh, yes. no random encounters anymore. And I, I, what I would do is just I would fly wherever I wanted to go, and then I would lower myself vertically down. Whenever, <laughs> exactly where I wanted. to be. All right, this is where I wanted. You to and go. me both, Manny. That so uh, was pretty yeah, I fun. Think I would I think never. We all did that. Never fly anywhere. Just lower down because you never have to get into a fight if you lower it up or down. But you know. I, I I would say the thing that sticks with me most about this game that we haven't t- touched on a little bit is um that it's, it's a pretty linear game story-wise, but you always feel like you have a ton of customization and a ton of freedom. And, like, for example, when you can, when you actually do get your real first ship, the Delphinus, which is, you know, borrowed from Enrique, you get to pick your flag. Then you have to start finding the crew of 26 members. And at the same time, you get an island
0: base. Oh, uh, the island base was one of the best parts of the game. And you My get
2: to dad dis- had to be proud of him. And you like, not get, leave- did you get your own ship and stuff in your own base, but it is ten times cooler than your old man's. Yep. Yeah. You even get to yeah, find it. different crowd.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and like, each character, and the best part was that, um, all of your crew members had dual roles. They, um, improved your ship in combat, or, when you went back to your island base, they performed different functions on that base. So whenever you get a new crew member, you have a new area of the island, of your island base unlocked. Like, for example, you said Iksataka, one of my favorite uh, crew members, was the dancer there. And she would ah, go yeah. to your tavern, and she would dance for you. And the best part is you could decide do you want a traditional Japanese dancer, or do you want some, like, a uh, traditional Iksatoxin vaccine? And you always had choice with how you wanted your base to develop.
0: Oh, uh, I, um, uh, Iksataka also gave you the, uh, the other lookout. Domingo, the treasure, the, um, Discovery Hunter guy would become one of the ship's lookouts. But there was also another one you could recruit in Xataka who was completely insane. Uh, I think his oh, name was... I
2: remember.
0: Tiki Tiki, I think his name tiki was. Tiki Tiki? I don't remember this guy. Tiki
2: Tiki. tiki. Um, basically,
0: <laughs> he... Tiki Tiki Room. Can we all
2: get it out of our systems? <laughs> tiki Tiki Tiki. He tiki, does
0: this, um, you know, he does this chicken arm thing and always seems to be balancing <laughs> on one foot. And if uh, when, he, when he's on your island, you... Um, the island itself is like crescent shaped, with like a big mountain, and you you build the ship dock inside it, so you have a cool underground layer, and then you build this little town thing in kind of like the scoop. But halfway <laughs> up the mountain, you have this like conference room, so you can be a badass sky pirate and have conferences <laughs> in that. Um, and whenever after you acquire, um, I think his name is Tiki Tiki. Um, he balances on one foot on the balcony like, just looking out across the island, all you would need to do is, like, just prod him slightly and, you know, you'd have a paste in the middle of your town. It's just... and he, he would he fall ma- into deep sky and be lost forever. And he occasionally makes, um, like, reference... Because, uh, you know, apparently he has absolutely fantastic eyesight and can see everything that happens across the island. All right, um, so let me- so, w- so when Enrique starts dating the... Uh, uh, Princess Yaftoma. Morgai from, from, Princess, yeah. from Yaftoma. Um He's one of the first people to notice.
1: Oh, so let me ask you guys really quickly. Um, how did you guys design your island base? What did you do? What kind of style?
0: Um, I went for the Yavtomar design. Oh, I also want
1: to ask, what, what kind of a ship? Who, who did you put on your ship? So Quinn, uh, sorry, Mike.
2: <laughs> I-, I always thought there was a difference, though. Like some of the crew members were better. Like I know, th- I remember with terms of the um, the lookouts. I had the Tiki Tiki guy for a while, but then when I looked at Diego's stats, I realized, oh, this guy's better. I should have him on my ship well, instead. I don't think it was, like,
1: a better or. I think they, like, one maybe contributed more to the fence and another one more to attack. I think it more suited your style.
2: I guess hmm. I, I'm trying to remember what the differences were because I remember switching Tiki Tiki for Diego when I, when I got him. And I was like, oh, I'm switching him out.
1: Yeah, but they never. I, I don't think they ever wanted you to feel like you had to have one crew member over another. It was always an either or. Do you like Yaphet style? Do you like this style? Do you want a guy who's faster, or do you want someone who has more defense? Do you, you want? Yeah. More Plus, focus? whoever you have in your active crew affects.
3: Uh, yeah,
2: it, was ship, it was the ship. It was the ship combat.
3: Yes, when you when every member of your crew jumps out and either heals you or does something incredibly goofy to attack the enemy like uh what's his name marco pulls a ball out of
0: his nose and throws it i think it's i think it's implied to be a giant booger
2: yeah a really big boogie yeah
0: that's
3: that attack the first time you see it is just complete bedlam you have no idea <laughs> what's
0: going on and you go what am i seeing well, w- was that better or the other one you could get? Or should we just talk about the battle system in general at this point? Yeah, we we might as well segue from it to what's different when we do ship combat, so...
1: Oh, you guys want to tell me about your favorite bases no more,
0: or...? I said, I went the Aftoman design, I thought it was better. i trying to remember what I did. Because I, think I mean, you remember, remember you could have, you could have a I traditional sort switch,
1: of, like, scallywag. What was that,
3: Kirala will let you switch it if you're really if you're willing to pay for it, and I think I tried that a couple of times. Am I remembering yeah. this right? Yeah, yeah, you course, are. And of course, you can have a dog on your crew. Oh, that
0: was great. <laughs> oh, how yeah, um, Vice's dog. <laughs>
3: that was.
1: so you guys were saying about the battle system or – well really quickly before you go on i just want to say like um i i went i was i went to like a hybrid Yafatomen sort of a i don't know what to call it traditional pirate setting and i'd have like a tiger in the oh i'd have a panda in the pond with a couple of fish cuz you can hire pinta who um <laughs> to go get exotic rare animals for you
3: yes that's right i remember this and you can just have your own miniature zoo it was awesome
2: Oh God. Yeah, we have any you know one of my the things I like, besides the stuff they added to the um the GameCube version, like the wanted list, they also added that interesting uh side quest, side battles with um that bounty hunter that kept trying to kill you. Piastel? Yeah.
3: She would be incredibly scared. She,
2: she, she could be really tough. Yeah, or oh, she, she-
3: I like, remember seeing the the new artwork for Legends, and there's a woman with a a psycho hairdo. Yeah, like space? gray
2: hair, like kind of purplish gray hair, with a, like a blackish bikini thing going on with a scythe.
0: Yeah, an absolutely yeah, that, gigantic her. scythe.
2: So she's the one apparently who gave Vice his scar.
0: Well, is is Vice's scar even mentioned in the Dreamcast version? No. Uh,
2: is- I don't know, as far as yeah. I understand, because I, I read about her, like, like, apparently she chases him because she thinks she, he's responsible, he and his dad's crew were responsible for killing her dad. Like, there was a, a fire on her dad's ship or something, and Vice's dad and his crew, and I think Vice and Ika were with them at the time, um, they see it and they come to try and help. But she mistakes them as the ones to have caused it, and she tries to – I forget. I think she tries to attack Aika, and Vice stops her, and she gives him his scar, and then they get away, and she, like, becomes a bounty hunter and tries to kill him. Yeah. Which she's also ties she... into – um. but that also ties into the uh, the little girl with the little bird. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh,
0: is it mary Maria?
2: Maria, Maria, Maria. Yeah.
0: She of the moonfish. Yeah, because she, <laughs> she starts mute. She's being cared for by by a guy on like a small medical ship, and she d- originally just doesn't say anything. She he does all the speaking for her. Um, and then as you get more um, Moonfish, she eventually starts speaking to you. And oh, and that- speaking
3: of the wanted list,
0: if you finally get to face the
3: real Zvillain Bane, that guy you've been facing in Treasure Chest through the whole game, and
0: oh, that yeah, guy. Well, all of the, all of, um, I think just talking about the the, the wanted list in general was there were a series of um, like, you know, highly dangerous, uh, you know, uh, I forgot what the, what are the bad pirates called again? Black something.
2: um, Black.
0: Black pirates. I can't remember.
2: I think there's a a specific term.
0: Yeah. Uh, But but, yeah. So basically there was a, um, you know, a, uh, a wanted list. Oh, black
2: pirates. The black pirates. Yeah.
0: The black pirate, basically a wanted list of the most dangerous black pirates in the world that would occasionally crop up. And you, would, you could take – Um, they would give an indica- – uh, this wanted list would give an indicator of where they were last spotted, and then you could go and claim the bounty on them. Um, and and right. then, like the uh, Pierstol herself, all scale level scaled in the same way that stuff in Final Fantasy VIII did, which meant yeah. regardless of when you took them on, they would always be capable of kicking your ass
2: even, Even, the first still, one like, is, more times. Well, the first one, you
3: aside to, from Piastol, is uh, this, this little boy and this gigantic, massive dude who you fight with oh. <laughs> <And,
6: laughs>
0: Yeah, because uh, originally it looks like the gigantic, massive dude is the one you should be picking on. And then there's this tiny little kid behind him who's actually the boss. And oh, he I is never a,
2: fall for that. I've never fallen for that. I, I know, I know, but he is, again, is I'm like, a like, Take him out. son of
0: a bitch. I mean, if the two of them were alive on the battlefield, the little kid was capable of like kicking this massive guy as one of his attacks, and it would annihilate you. It was just ridiculous. And if you killed the big guy, he would go into some kind of bizarre trance and then just start completely obliterating you with magic. It was painful. Although yeah. I, the first, the first actual guy on the, the wanted list is is Captain Blackbeard, the traditional yar matey pirate guy. In a very he's traditional...
3: Though. He's just added to the wanted list for the GameCube and hasn't been changed.
0: Yeah, he, he, he's, you know, the, the, like the traditional YAR pirate in a very traditional pirate ship that the only real difference is that it flies. It even has sails, you know, sides and loaded a black with cannons.
3: Flag with a skull on it.
0: Yeah, and um, he serves as the tutorial for the ship battle and therefore gets his ass handed to him. <laughs> twice that. Because okay. he... he, he... He decides to try and exact revenge at you just as you've flown around the world in the Delphinus. So he comes and picks on you in his, like, piddly little sailing boat, and you're flying this, you know, modern World War II battleship-era death machine, <laughs> and he tries to take you on. It's almost painful how quickly you can kill him.
3: <laughs> yeah, almost like That's when slightly
2: you satisfying. One, of the,
3: one of those super deep oh, Valuen ships uh, right before you fight the Hydra. Remember that? Oh, the Hydra. <laughs> the battle
0: station. Remember the Hydra, Manny? Ready the Hydra cannon! <laughs> and all that.
2: I was like, the ship battles were fun too, though. Oh, yeah. They had a certain then, amount of strategy to it.
0: And then
3: when you fight Galcia and he manages to ascend into the skies and throw his sword down several miles to skewer you.
0: Yeah, that attack hurt. But I would say the ship battles had the strategy in the in, – um, I, well, I should probably just talk about the battle system in general, really. Um, for regular battles, um, you had four pla- four, usually four characters in your party, sometimes three, and at the start, two. And you would always um, like, set up people's actions one by one at the start of the turn, and then um, your speed would determine whether you would um, you know, go before your enemies effectively. Um, so you had to do a fair little bit of, like, pre-planning for what that turn was going to do. Although some abilities always went first in the turn. Like, Ica's magic shield would always go first. Same with shield of justice. Well, it was useful in as much that, yes, while it stopped every magic, it stopped every magic, including friendly healing spells. So using items was a must. So, um, and ship battles was was similar, where you had to kind of, like, set up uh, a set of, um, like, four attacks over the course of the turn, and you and the enemy ship would kind of alternate taking shots at each other. So you could set up, like, evasion orders, and that would reduce the amount of damage that you took. Um, And there was, like, a color indicator at the top of this grid that would indicate where in the turn you would be most at danger of getting your ass handed to you, like the enemy is going to use some really powerful attack. And the strategy yeah. came where you had to make choices at the beginning of each turn that would adjust the, you know, like the flow of battle. Like you try and get behind the enemy, and this would give you uh, less chances where the enemy was going to kick your ass, and more chances for you to score critical hits or use your super cannon and stuff like that. And so
1: uh, and, yeah, and sure. during like the specific uh, giant Gigas battles, you'd have to uh, sort of plan when you would do a special attack or it wouldn't work. Like, or even like with the Gregorio battle, you'd have to time it just right because you knew your ship was faster than him, so you'd have to. yeah the
0: Gloria battle was interesting because um there was a red square indicating that he was going to use his really powerful ram attack so what you (laughs) had to do before then was cast i think it was the evasion up spell in the two blocks before he used that move and it would always miss as long as you casted that spell or used an evasion action i can't remember
1: yeah and that was a sure way to open him up to an attack
0: yeah, and that would then give you this um, this brilliant setup where you had like three crit chances and then a, a super move, basically. Oh, and you, we all, the spirit gauge. Have we mentioned that at yeah, all? Yeah,
2: the spirit gauge. You had to think about that too, uh, especially when you're doing your your team battle, because all your special moves and magic are are pulled together into one one pool, and all your characters have to use have to share the points.
6: Yeah, and it's your like it's would...
2: like yeah, I could use vices. I could use Vice's super special... What was that thing called? Uh, pirate's Wrath? It's like, yeah, I could use 20, that, but it's going to cost 20, 20, me 28 21, points.
0: 21 and, spirit And no one points. else
2: can do anything.
1: Yeah. That was also like uh, the super... Um, like you said, you mentioned earlier, all the crew members. For each crew member, you get you to uh, unlock another phase of the super spell, like crew crew members attack, or what's it called? Crew Blue comeback Rogues. or something? Just called
0: Blue Rogues. Blue what's Rogues, name? and you
1: get every single one of your pirates to jump... Well, currently equipped pirates...
0: <laughs> yeah, some of them would attack and some of them would heal you, but it would consume your entire spirit gauge, and you had to fill it up to full. And, of course. and there was the other special attack, prophecy, <coughs> where you dropped a moon on someone. That was hilarious. <laughs> my, yeah. my favorite special,
1: my favorite special attack has to be uh, during the ship battles, your moon cannon. Moonstone
2: yeah. Cannon. Moonstone
1: cannon fire. Yeah, yeah, because it know, was ships. basically enough. just
0: the forward firing cannon from um, space battleship Yamato.
1: Yeah, except you're, it would look much cooler, just like your ship would split in half, a giant cannon would sort of just shoot out, charge up, and then... Psh-
0: yeah, blow anything away if it got in its way.
3: Well, outside of the ship battles, I would say that Drachma's best attack is pretty amusing, in which he acquires a hand about the size of a building and uses it to smash his enemy into the ground.
0: I think also that attack also had a chance of instant death, somewhat yeah. unsurprisingly.
3: Although, when you're using that attack on a grunt enemy, it's probably going to kill it anyway. Yeah, probably. And I, I enjoyed seeing Zealous's attacks in the final ship battle, which were... Well, Zealous pretty much causes the moons to rain asteroids upon you. That would hurt, I'm imagining.
0: Yeah, Zealous being <laughs> the Silver Gigas, the most powerful of all of them, and the one capable of basically causing the apocalypse.
2: The rains didn't they call it the rain?
0: Yeah, the rains of yes. destruction. Right after Galcean used the
3: rains of destruction to destroy Valua.
0: Yeah, Valua gets well blown to pieces, and Enrique barely survives.
2: I think oh, uh, I, I, oh, I said I loved. You want to? Go Sorry. Well, you go, did I go. anyone
3: else get to be Vice the Legend on GameCube? That's your that's your highest swashbuckler status.
0: Yeah, vice legend, I think. But it didn't just involve getting all the right stuff on the swashbuckling. You also had to, if I Make remember correct, yeah, you uh, had to get every, every open discovery. Open every chest. Yeah, ninety five percent of discoveries never run from on. a battle because every
1: time you'd run from a battle, it would lower your rating.
0: Yep. Uh, don't. Uh, well, I uh, have a very low run rate. Um, you had to have. Uh, you have to have like maxed out your crew. You have to do a lot of stuff to get that title. I don't think I've actually managed to get it in three run-throughs of the game, because I just can't find all the friggin' chests.
2: Plus, there's a few chests that, like, disappear after you go. Yeah, but some places you can't go back to. Yeah. Which is always annoying, but...
3: I wanted to try and be Vice the Legend, because apparently Vigoro shows up as an air pirate at the end
0: to... Yeah, he does. He's a bonus boss. You also get a very powerful weapon, I think, as well, for getting that.
1: Is that GameCube only, or was that in the Dreamcast? I remember remember getting to the
0: top. GameCube only.
1: All right, because I did get to the top in the Dreamcast, Vice Legend. Well, Manny, speaking of
3: the Dreamcast, there were a few things that you had to download on the Dreamcast.
1: Download?
0: Wow, were they?
3: Yeah, there's a little island uh, somewhere over the Dark Rift that I only discovered when I played the GameCube version, and there's a ship battle with a looper
0: that you
2: can only download
0: for the Dreamcast.
2: Oh, the black looper.
0: No, no, there was a, there's a ship battle against the Looper, the Giant Looper, oh, as well. The Black looper, the looper also That's sucked. Really
6: yes, right.
0: the Giant Looper is a
3: pain to fight with the ship because, of course, it will run if you don't kill it real fast.
0: Well, it's also actually just worth mentioning in general. Loopers are these like basically that, uh, they look like inverted raindrops surrounded by this loop, hence the name. (laughs) And they are quite possibly one of the most annoying enemies you will fight because most of them are quite skilled at magic and they run away. You know, hitting them in
3: the first place is a pain in the butt.
0: Yeah, they have really high evasion. And then you encountered, um, you encounter a um, as a bonus battle inside the Black Rift. If you go back into it, is a is a black looper called I think it's Elsian. Yes, um, I'm... I'm... and that thing, that thing, that you know, it's a tiny little black thing, and you think, ah, oh, it's cute and fluffy. I'll kill it easy, and it will murder you. Um, it knows like two things. It can basic attack for most of your health. And it knows the first level fire spell which will use to c- almost completely destroy you unless you use a uh, magic block
3: oh, and its white. basic attack will also stop your spirit from recharging and i think I think that's it, but really that's enough of a status ailment,
0: yeah, eh, not very nice. <laughs>
2: Hate this,
6: right?
3: Uh, I guess we've already talked a little bit about Zealous, so the final fight with Ramirez when he comes back after having merged with the Silver Crystal, and, well, understandably, given what he looks like, he's pretty
0: unhappy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, firstly, you have to fight him as uh, as Ramirez, which is quite a tough fight by itself. Then you have to do a ship battle against the giant sphere of doom and its massive laser beams. Um, Which... Uh, If you're not ready for it, it can be really um, uh, difficult, you know, if if you don't see that fight coming. But eventually... Right before you get into Soltis and it drops a piece of armor that upgrades your ship uh, 500%, something like that. Yeah, Um, but there's a... um, I think by the time I got to my second, possibly third run through, I would got it to the point where... um, Basically, during the fight, um, the the boss changes forms into a much nastier one that can use all kinds of really quite nasty attacks against you for most of your health. Um, but however, the turn before that, it goes completely inert, and you're supposed to use that turn to um, beat the crap, you know, beat the crap out, of it. out of it. Now, when you get this, um, and eventually it kind of grows into this form that has like six um, sort of... Claw things. It stops looking like a sphere and starts looking more like a, I
3: don't know, a jellyfish, something like that.
0: Well, no, it's just basically got this, it's basically a sphere, but it's got these six claws that come out of it as well. And these claws start to fall off as you start to reduce its health down below about 25%, something like that. Um, However, if you've level grinded enough, it is actually possible with careful use of um, attack up magic. (laughs) And the Moonstone Cannon to actually get him to go right the way through the the claw form into the stage where he starts losing him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind that. of, I'm I think I'm kind of working on the assumption if I level grind a little bit more, I might be able to one shot him with the Moonstone Cannon. Might. So. It's possible.
3: I know I, not- I know. <laughs> I've managed to do an, attacks in a row that managed to lose more than one claw at once.
0: Yeah. I think I've, done over, I've done, easily done over 125,000 damage to him in one shot. <laughs> so he, he's tricky if you don't see him coming, but if you do, he's very easy. And then there's the final boss, which is actually a challenge. Well, that's because he has an ability that will grab one of your, of your people and force
3: them to use an attack against the rest.
0: Yeah, so basically you basically watch um, Vice annihilate Fina with Pirate's Wrath, his most powerful attack, as he does 9,999 damage to her. And that move always goes first in the turn order. Yep. Always.
3: And he has has an attack. I don't remember the name of it right now, but it is quite painful looking and is quite painful. Uh, Remember the one where he just spears you over and over with silver spikes of death?
0: Yeah. And then shoots a big laser beam at you. That hurts too. Silver binds... And then also he has uh, he has a, he it's a move he also has in his human form but he retains it for the final boss form where it while it does very little damage to your entire party it does remove all of their buffs.
3: Actually I remember it doing more damage in the final fight not as much as silver eclipse which is painful, painful? To everyone, but it still does the job. Oh and it removes all your bonuses that's nice.
0: Yeah. So and then basically he explodes and you cast his crystal into the abyss and then basically everyone sits on their hands while Sega doesn't make a sequel the bastards
3: yeah <clears throat> apparently Sega thought it was more important to continue the fantasy star online series as its tribute to the great rpgs of its past
0: yeah we'll save that for another backtrack unless we've done fantasy star online already or something we haven't done online. <laughs> hey, it's almost over so, yeah, now. So yeah,
3: we'll save it for another day. Because Very the funny. original fantasy stars and the online fantasy stars have almost nothing to
1: do with each other. Yeah. Can I, uh, before, I, I guess we're wrapping this up, right? Yeah. But can I, I say, like, my favorite moment of the game before we finish off? Well, why, why don't we all say our favorite moments? <laughs> okay, um, I know you guys are down on the story, but I thought it was just great. and I'm not down, I'm down moment... on the story.
2: I'm... <sighs> I wouldn't say I'm down on it. I just, you know, it's Whatever. cliche,
0: but I still like it anyway. Uh, yeah,
2: you can appreciate it.
1: I don't. I, I, I find, I kind of find it hard to call it cliche. Like when, um, like for example, the game nostalgia, which tries very hard to be, to be uh, skies of Arcadia, kind of fails at it. I, I, I don't know. I, it's kind of hard to call something cliche when it's when Kadama, who invented a lot of these things, tries very hard to. Uh, you know, make a throwback RPG that's very positive and light. And, you know, like I said, I'm coming at this from a different perspective than you guys, and I don't find it cliched or trite or anything. More like a, a what Reiko Nama envisions, which sort of like on a new console and a new generation, she wanted to get back and harken back to what was. But that's beside the point. Manny, Let me just get to my moment. I don't want to get into this big argument. What I'm trying to tell how, you about. How about my- this? The game
3: huh? does not try to be deep and dark when it's not necessary. How's that? Absolutely.
0: I think we can all agree with that.
6: <laughs> I
3: <don't> know that. <laughs> all right, this is not go. a game to play if you need an emo moody hero who will grumble
0: and groan about everything he has to do.
2: Absolutely. I have angst. Or just be Grimdark.
0: Or just be Grimdark for the sake of being Grimdark. I mean, given, I mean if you look
2: at
1: Fantasy Stars one through four, Reiko Kodama knows how to do grim and dark and deep and blah blah blah. So it was so refreshing to see her her take on lighthearted fun and as throwback to what she felt RPGs used to be.
0: Well, anyways, get to your moment. Yes. Anyways,
1: <laughs> um, my favorite moment in the game is um. So there's this one point in the game where you get separated from your... You're from the the main party. Party gets sep- get sort of separated after a shipwreck, and everyone thinks Vice is dead. And these two, and it's just Ica and Fina alone, stuck in. Uh, I guess the Arabian Middle Eastern. Nazareth. They're stuck Egypt in the, the capital
0: of. They're stuck in the capital, Nazareth.
1: And Vice. It turns into like an episode it turns into lost for like at least like a, a good chunk of a while where you're <laughs> stuck on a desert island. You have to go out and look for coconuts for food, firewood to make sure you don't freeze to death. And it's just such a, that whole arc of how it's it's sort sure, of shifts between them and the capital trying to find their way and becoming like waitresses to pay for them living in this expensive city and Vice just trying to survive on this island and eventually Vice makes like a, a ship out of logs and he somehow gets some Moonstones that magically fall out of the sky and makes like a, a really crappy, <laughs> uh, raft, a, a flying raft to get to freedom. And then the whole thing where he runs the glider and those girls buy a ship and they both magically, well, like, I guess not, I shouldn't say magically, they both sort of run into each other through this great dungeon where it's like, so you're switching perspectives between glider and vice and Aika and Fina. And eventually, at the end, they meet each other and they're surprised and happy. But that only lasts for about two seconds because then they have to fight a, a giant two-headed <laughs> boss monster. But that's She's also of that one of the little, really a difficult boss of how they get um that whole arc of when they're separated and then, then coming back together and how they meet uh, Gilder. I mean, is all is a great is a great moment in the whole game. And I've never seen th- that
3: since. I was going to bring that up sometime, but you make it so I don't need to.
0: So thanks, man. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> John, um, favorite uh, my, my favorite moment from the game is um, basically all of the events that happened um, as as soon as Valour turns up in um, Yaftoma culminating in the fight against Vigoro and the fight against the Blue Gygus, Blueheim It's just, I just find hila- every time I play it I always find that entire sequence absolutely hilarious not to mention the ship battle that you fight is well, really fun <laughs> you're basically just, just really. facing off against um, Vigoro in his giant cannon um, and there is no, there's no strategy I'm even named for himself yeah, he, he, there's no um, well there may not be as much strategy in the battle, it is just literally just a straight up jousting contest, and it's crazy fun um and contains some of the more hilarious lines of dialogue in the script um <laughs> And then the rather um, the the fight against Blueheim is is really quite fun as well as uh, the blue Geikus is, is takes the shape of a bird and is very quick and you have to think quite carefully about how to kill it and it's really same it's my favourite moment of the game. Yeah, that was great. Even also, just games- um, if I was going to do a runner-up, though, I would say the I uh, one or both escapes from the Grand Fortress since you managed to escape from like the most impenetrable prison twice. In one game. It's you know, it's funny, Quinn. As you said both of those ones, I'm
1: thinking like, man, those were great. Maybe those are my favorite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and Oh, and the soundtrack. Don't get me the soundtrack. Oh, is absolutely. Godly.
1: I just, because of you, I just went on uh, YouTube and I started listening to the Iksataka soundtrack, and I've been listening to that the whole time since. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just really good. I have it on my iPod. <laughs> oh, dude, I need to buy that. That's what I'm going to do right now. Sarah and Good luck. Tech. The the skies of Arcadia soundtrack is extremely difficult to find.
3: Oh. I wish I kept it then. I had it and then I can't remember what I did with it, but it's not here
0: anymore. You what? You, you not believe how difficult it is to find that soundtrack? God damn it. Anyways, I'm done. <laughs> okay,
2: Sarah. <laughs> um I can't say I had a favorite moment for me. The most enjoyment I had out of it was the progression of things, like the progression of getting all the crew members, the progression of building up my island into this awesome pirate hideout. I will say the most memorable moment I remember having was when I was fighting Ramirez in the, um, what did they call the Silver Civilization level? It, it, and like right after he'd killed the Elder and you were fighting him. And I spent like a good hour on that fight. Before I finally got online and realized you weren't supposed to win it in the first place, mm-hmm. and I'd like wasted all these potions, was like, "Oh, okay." So mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, back to last save point because I don't want to waste all those potions." If, you're,
1: if you, you weren't supposed to win it, then uh, didn't you didn't the game just continue on after you lost? Yeah, but
3: well, she was the to to con- and he wasn't powerful enough to instantly destroy her this time. I remember that. Yeah, point.
2: I was strong enough to like he would get close, but I was strong enough to keep going. I was like I was like, I saw I'm like okay, he's tough, but I can beat him and then I was like, Oh, yeah, but, I can't beat him.
1: But after you die, don't you just doesn't the story continue on like that? Uh, oh yeah, was- but you
0: um you still have still spent all of your heating healing items that you would have spent like, like the point is alive. i could have
2: just let him kill me but i wasted an hour trying to beat him when i wasn't Ah <laughs> oh,
0: all right i see what you're <laughs> saying i thought i actually misinterpreted i
1: thought you restarted that that fight over and over
2: <laughs> No no I, <laughs> I i wasted the hour and then i'm like oh okay went back to my last save point let him beat me
1: <laughs> I think i took at least
3: that long i remember finally realizing wait i should be realizing that his hit point meter is not going down at all and every other enemy in the game the hit point meter goes down some ways At that point, I finally said, you know what? I'm sick of this. Kill me. And
0: he did. And then the game continued anyway.
3: It did. As for my moments, I guess, it's a toss-up between the first time you get the Delphinus and are able to go over the clouds and listen to the theme of the world change with each region you visit.
0: Oh, yeah. That's that's something I didn't mention, yeah. yeah. Every um, the 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 Delphinus theme is a, a, a modifying one, so that when it when you pass over particular areas of the world, it it kind of gains a um, you know like a sort of little extra. A new, a new instrument joins in. Yeah, but it depends on where you are in the world, which is pretty cool. Or the
3: final fight with DeLoco, which takes place in Deep Sky, right after he has decided that. Ad- adhering his ship to yours by means of a gigantic cannon that shoots an anchor is a wise plan and you have to shoot him in the dark pretty much yeah, you don't pretty have pretty
0: the uh, you don't have the um threat indicator indicating your you know hit chances and whatnot you literally have to shoot and hope that it hits i remember that fight
1: man now that you guys and- bring this up the amount of writing this game is a staggering wow <laughs> This game had a lot to do. It oh it yeah. Did. Let's uh, have let's we, have
3: we covered everything about the GameCube that was different. There were twenty four new discoveries. I remember that.
0: The bounties were new. The discoveries. There are a few chests. New chests. Let me
1: say I'll say the final say Moonfish. in this one. The GameCube NPS was worse stole. because you did NPS. not have a VMU. Hmm. That's
3: true. The GameCube <laughs> had an astonishing lack of VMUs. I wonder why. And, and uh, Nintendo's um, connecting cable to the GBA never
0: went anywhere. I wonder why that didn't work either. Hey,
1: hey, well, all no, I know. Instead that uh, that's right. you <laughs> just had
0: the um, controller <laughs> rumble indicating where the chams were, which I think all was I one know of is my little VMU issues. would. would
1: uh,
2: they they made noise too, though, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. They like go. Or, well, I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> Anyways.
3: Okay, I think we are about ready to let Phil shut us down on the main t- event. <laughs> Let's, you down. know, you can't I've been listening.
4: I can keep it. You, um, you know, I've been listening to this whole thing, and I'm just a little tad concerned. There was a lot of great information. Y'all have done a great job. Just a little tad concerned. That a few of our audience members might have gotten a slightly mixed message about this, what would otherwise be considered a masterpiece. So, I want each of you to take 60 seconds, uh, starting with Manny, and sell the audience on playing this game. Unless you really don't
1: want to. Manny. <laughs> to be honest, though, I, as much as I would want anyone to play this game, I, I, good luck trying to find it. On either the GameCube or the Dreamcast, if you're not willing to spend over
2: $100. You think? Drink? It's Are not that serious? much, you can I get the wouldn't GameCube think one for it would be too hard to find
1: really Well, you can find them, but you're going to have to spend like at least well over $100 to get it uh, well, It came
3: out on a Sega console, and it came out on the GameCube And neither of those is ever going to show up on PSN And um, Nintendo seems to have decided that since you can play GameCube discs on the Wii There's no need to put them on VC So that's the foreseeable future of the game
4: they uh, basically uh I just took a few seconds here to jump onto the to the internet and, and take a look here. Um half.com shows the going rate for a used version. Of Skies of Arcadia to be about fifty uh, five plus plus five dollars shipping and handling, so that's about not sixty sad. bucks. Oh, really? Um, and and get this, <clears throat> I'm gonna see which one of y'all jump on this the fastest. But stuck it into eBay, and there's this one guy who's selling it for fifteen dollars with a buy it ni- now price of twenty dollars. Oh, that's
1: a steal! Go get six, this game.
2: Six oh, yeah, dollars. That's an excellent price. Yeah, Sig- well, it'll
4: it'll be expired by the time I get this podcast <laughs> edited. It's thirteen hours left. And no one's bought it yet. It's twenty bucks, six bucks shipping and handling, and the guy has a hundred percent positive feedback.
2: Oh, that's an excellent. That's a steal.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh so, look at this. if you want a, a sealed copy of the GameCube version, ninety dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, but most of the
4: used copies are are definitely going for around uh, fifty dollars. So that that is a steal at the twenty dollars ones. I, I'm surprised it's it stayed on here because it's gotta buy it now for twenty bucks. <laughs> Anywho, but yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, if you're looking to pick this guy up and you haven't got him yet, yeah, you're looking around fifty, sixty bucks. It, it, so, Manny, is it worth the fifty to sixty bucks?
1: Um, at this point, you're gonna want to get the GameCube version, I think, because I don't, I don't know if modern game, modern yeah, I, and I am talk, yeah, I am talking about the GameCube
4: version because I'm presuming not everyone's walking around with a Dreamcast. Yeah, but not
1: only that though, it's like I don't think modern RPG players would would stand that kind of high level of random encounters at this point. It's just like yeah, it's, remember, it's... remember getting to Ixitaka against the wind. Oh my goodness! It's like ev- literally every one, two, three random battle. One, two, three, four, five. Now random battle. It was just, it was bad. So get the GameCube version if you can. And honestly, I be people keep on going back to play like Final Fantasy IV and keep going back to play Final Fantasy VI. And this is a an old school classic, just like any of those would be. So if you can go back and experience what it's like to have like a fun adventure uh, fun adventure full of exploration and choice and let's like maybe what I consider now cliche archetypes but at the time were you know a a fun throwback I mean why not 20 bucks seems about just right for this
4: so I mean but what about 50 dollars because I'm assuming that the 20 dollar will be gone by the time this podcast
1: gets posted Uh, I would say so I would say yeah I mean just know what you're getting (laughs) into though know this is a game from (laughs) 2000
3: Well, so people pay that and more for lousier games, so I think it's warranted. Don't you agree? No, I can't argue with
0: that.
4: All right, we'll see. What uh, What does Mr. Uh, John say? I'm
1: probably going to buy
0: this. Well, to me, um, Skies of Arcadia is, is very. Uh, well, it's now, anyway. It probably wasn't at the time, but at the moment, it's very. Um, it probably seems very cliche, very um, bright, optimistic. It's probably not It's very. Well, it's very typical. It's a very traditional typical JRPG. It, that's just pretty much how it goes. However, it's got it's so um what's the word I'm looking for? Um you know, it's very it's got this kind of charm that just kind of draws you into it. Um you know, the setting is interesting, the characters are likable, um the battle system is fun. I, I, for all its, for all the faults that we could spend Probably quite a while listing off And we could spend a long time Poking holes in um, Like the cosmology Or the fact that this is violating the laws of physics And that they're using magic As a flimsy justification for everything But even so I, With all that in mind I still just love the game to bits anyway It I, It's left Just left a lasting impression on me That's, you know if you get an opportunity to play it, at the very least, take an opportunity to play it. Um, so, yeah, that's all I can really say about it, really. Just, yeah, if you if you have an opportunity to play it, take it, you might enjoy it. If you don't, eh, whatever, I'm not going to hold it against you, but it's still my favorite RPG of all time.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Miss Sarah, I understand that you you have just recently played through this in order just to get ready for backtrack, so you've got this fresh in your mind. You play this in a modern-day setting now, and you're able to compare it in your mind through modern-day, you know, eyeglasses. What sayeth you? Is this something that our gamers who have Wii should rush out and buy $50 for?
2: Oh, well, no, actually, I, I read up on it again. I, I didn't get to play it because it's back in Indiana. <laughs> but ah. I did play it just... Um, I was in college when I played it through all the way, but... I, I I like John says, I could spend I could spend, you know, I could point out like three or four things I had a problem with in the game, but then I could spend the next two hours talking about everything that I loved about it. It's like, you know, the explanation the exploration is wonderful. The world is really fun to to play around in and just fly through and discover stuff and there's all this stuff to do from like collecting crew members to building your island fortress to you know, bounty hunting to, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, gut reaction. If, if I had, if I, if someone just came up and was like, should I get this game be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, get it, get it, get it. $50, <laughs> I would get it. It's classic.
4: Mm. And the last word, Mr. <laughs> Meeky.
3: You know, I remember playing this in a dorm room and managing to entertain someone else who was not even playing the game, who enjoyed watching the characters and seeing some of the fights in action. So, That's already a vote of confidence. If you can play an RPG and someone watching it, admittedly not all the time, but from time to time, enjoys what he's seeing, that's a pretty big vote of confidence. And the soundtrack is awesome. I think we've already touched on that. The characters are fun. They're a likable group that you want to spend time with. And it's telling most of all that even though I got lost repeatedly and spent over 90 hours the first time, at least 30 of that while I was running around fruitlessly trying to find that stupid town that I was sure I was touching, but apparently I wasn't and I had to go at it from a different angle. I never got frustrated enough to say, eh, how dare you do this to me. I just kept wanting to play the game. So there you go. I would definitely give it the vote of confidence. Take it for a spin if you haven't already, even if you have to go buy a Wii and an old GameCube game to do it.
6: <laughs>
4: Fair enough. And while y'all are trying to see if you can find a copy of this somewhere on sale for twenty bucks, or paying the full fifty dollars asking price, I'm we're totally going to take... that twenty dollars one.
1: <laughs> I'm announcing it now. It's being Manny, bought by me.
4: Manny's, look, did you find it, Manny?
1: Yeah, I'm going to buy it, dude. I've never played the GameCube version. I've always wanted to for like the last seven years, so I'm going. I'm jumping on it.
4: You, you're jumping on that, but I mean, did you did you find it the one that I was talking oh, about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm placing. A, I'm ordering right now.
4: I'm not even not even sure I can find it now. I don't even know what I did with it. It was booked. <laughs> well, doesn't matter. Don't ago. try to
1: buy it from under me, man.
4: I don't, know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I just clicked buy it now on accident. I'm not ah, not sure. you. Yeah, I'm not. You I'm beat not me too,
3: it. You Phil, to don't strain the swear filter. Let Manny have it.
4: Okay, fine, Manny. Here's the link. Don't say I never give you anything. <laughs> so, we're going to give Manny a few minutes to go make his uh, his luck in his purchase, and we'll be right back.
3: Originally, I was going to play a Dreamcast game, considering how appropriate it is, but that kind of fell through, so I did a last-minute replacement of another Monogatari game. This one, Hanamato Daiyoshi Enji, on the Super Famicom, in which you once again take the role of little Arla Nadja as she has to pass her magic exam, and the form she does this by is apparently there are a whole bunch of gems scattered around the world, and she's got to go find them all. And that's what you have to do to pass your kindergarten exam in Mara Monogatari, people. You have to go fight witches and... poop mad puyos that want to kill you. And I'll give it this, it's cute. The soundtrack is mostly good except for the battle themes, and the battle is going to get you in this game because... oh my... Particularly as it goes on, you will be fighting some very long boss fights. There's a dinosaur that you fight, and it took take me 45 minutes to kill it. And remember, this is single combat. I'm... If I had to rank them from the three model Monogatari games I've played, this is definitely the least of them. It's relatively easy to find. It's cute. It's very import-friendly because the menus are entirely icon-based, so you just poke around... Oh, a heart. I wonder what that does. Oh, it heals me. That's good. Uh but I can't really recommend it. Yeah, what? I'm I'm being intentionally bre- brief on this because I threw this in as a last minute replacement and got a mostly unpleasant surprise. It's not terrible, but yeah, I didn't have a very good time with it. Uh, so, please please question me further. I, I was getting all excited.
4: You were talking about battle systems and stuff. My blood was boiling and then you told me it wasn't so great and I and I and I fell down from my high perch and went splat on the ground.
3: Well the major problem is that not only does the boss music flat out suck, I mean it goes on this ten second loop over and over and over and over and over again. But you have to watch the little combat animations. There there are no numbers in this game except for money. You gauge how your health is by Arla's expression. And you gauge how the enemy's doing by some little text at the bottom that tells you, uh, just a little bit more in Japanese. And you cannot skip these animations. You have to watch Arla shake her head back and forth and go, Yeah! I'm still good to go! Uh, And that drags it out quite a bit. So the story of a kindergartner who is single-handedly destroying enemies that have kept the entire game world at a loss for years. That should have been done better.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Honestly, when you're five years old and you're managing to beat a heartbeat, I think that deserves a little more notice than this game gives it.
4: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll you yeah, take your word for it.
3: I, I wish I had better things to say. Apparently someone to the ramen gave it a translation and yeah, the, tr- the story would make complete sense if you did it that way, but the combat would still take an idiotically long time and be pretty boring.
4: Mm. Well, that's a shame. May it rest in peace now that Mike has killed it and nobody <laughs> will ever look at it ever ever
3: again. Yes, because my words are the final authority on every matter. I am pleased to have this authority and I will try not to misuse it in future.
4: Um yeah, they pretty much are. So while we take a few moments to mourn its death, please listen to this selection of music in silent meditation. you have a high in the sky floating through some unknown means question for our guests this week?
3: Uh, I have a relatively lame one. I can throw it out if no one else has a good question about Skies of Arcadia. Hey, anybody got one? Anybody? Chirp.
6: Chirp. <laughs>
4: Apparently
3: I did not adequately prepare the people. So yeah, I have what to do go you mean My the...
1: question? I have no clue.
4: We always throw out a contest question on every RPG backtrack sometimes people win stuff and sometimes they don't
2: like a, except, like a trivia question
4: yeah yes. except Manny can't play <laughs> oh. neither can you anywho so contest question yes no me
3: yeah okay what is the rank of squashbuckler that, Va- that Vice attains before Vice the Legend? There you go. There you go.
4: Send that answer to albertodyssey at hotmail.com. And the first person who gets it right will get something that I'll figure out at a later date. May I, uh, hopefully it won't be lint from my belly button.
3: So, give, them, give them away a shuffle dungeon. I'm sure somebody will enjoy that.
6: Ooh,
4: If I had it, I absolutely would after, after that glowing uh, tent on tent we had.
2: <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be a punishment, considering what you said?
3: Uh, no, a punishment would be giving someone Heroes of Mana. Ooh, Yeah, there you go.
4: But, you know, I, I, got a, I got a copy of Enchanted Arms down here. I mean, they're arms, they're enchanted. I mean, how, how can you go wrong with that? I don't
3: know. Anyway. think of some ways, but never mind. (laughs) There you
4: go. Uh, Next, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, next show, we'll be talking – it's RPG Backtrack number 32. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of Tales games. Mike, are we really going to be able to talk about this many games in one show?
3: Hey, John. You're going to be up for this, right? I think you maybe already went to bed. Huh. It shows yeah. Well, we it's scheduled to be on for that, and I know Tails gets him
0: interested. Oh, sorry, <laughs> my my microphone was muted.
6: Oh. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, uh, my it's uh, looking unlikely that my copy of Tales of Grace's F will be uh, around in um, oh. time for that podcast as it's currently sitting at Neist's house in America as he's helping me import it and unfortunately um, UPS is currently charging $110 to ship it to the UK what? so I said don't bother until after Christmas which unfortunately puts it after the podcast date so I won't have played it by the time the podcast happens send it which... by US Postal Service it will definitely not be $110 that way yeah, but unfortunately, it also means it won't get here for about a month.
3: I've sent things to the UK that arrived within two weeks. It
0: did you do it at Christmas?
3: That one I that one you have me on.
0: Yeah, it did our postal service basically decreases in efficiency the closer you get to Christmas? <laughs> and that makes your postal service unique. How? I'm not saying it's unique I'm just saying that If you shipped it via United States Postal Service It's not going to get here Until January anyway
6: <laughs> Anyways
0: <laughs> Well that's
3: Instead uh, I'll just have to talk
0: about we're... How awesome Tales of Vesperia PS3 is
3: Yeah I think I think you have enough material As it is Don't you? Yeah probably
1: <laughs>
4: Is this every Tales game Every made? No because We split this into two parts Didn't we?
1: Yeah, this we is of off. Yeah, so, the latter
3: half. So, Tales games released in English.
4: Wow. Um, okay, um, I'm gonna try to run through this list really fast here.
3: <gasps>
4: Tales of the World Radiant Mythology, Tales of Rebirth, Tales of Graces, Tales of Innocence, Tales of Hars, Tales of Vantasia. Uh,
3: Phil, you're looking uh-huh. at the ones that have not come out in English. Oh, I think oh, you I want see. the one that has uh, Tales of Viscaria, oh. Tales of Radiant Mythology. Oh that
4: that that makes okay that's better. <laughs> ah, Tales of Ledge Tales of Ledge uh Tales of the Abyss Tales of the World Radiant Mythology Tales of Vesperian, Tales of Symphony Dawn of the New World. There. Okay. All right, that that we can handle. Okay. So um if you have any comments about those guys, you want to do an audio review, a 2 minute audio review, uh we'll also be talking about Buck Rogers Countdown to Doomsday. Um definitely send that in to JC Servant at rpgamer.com. Um also of course we always love it when you write on our boards uh let us know about what you think about the show or you just want to get your own thoughts in on some of these games or anything like that we would love to hear about so go ahead and shoot us off a message on our boards or of course write me again jcserverrpgamer.com Uh we lost uh we lost uh what was his name along the way Roy 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 Who's Ron. Ron? Ron Ron Roy it's all the same thing Rob Roy. Rob Roy. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. You have survived your first RPG backtrack.
2: I hope I didn't do too bad.
4: You did awesome. Is there anything you want to say to the audience before we set off? Anything you want to, you know, point to something maybe you're doing on the side, or just give some props to something?
2: Um, not yet. I just get ready to put the next column up once I finish playing through some more Kitsu Saga. So you know, yay.
4: So check out Miss Sarah's column, Mr. John. Anything you'd like to say in parting?
0: Um. Well, with any luck, I'll um have finished my university work by Wednesday, and I'll get back to actually posting news onto the website.
4: Yay, Mr. Manny.
1: Uh, hi everybody.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Deep thoughts from Manny. I'm sorry. I'm uh, still placing my order. He's still playing. He's he's fighting with eBay right now. Um, And, you know, I thank all of you guys. Of course, thank Mr. Mike Mickey for doing a wondrous job of keeping us all in check and organizing this thing. Uh, To our audience, we thank you for listening to RPG Backtrack. You're one of the many reasons we do this. RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards or email jcservant at rpgamer.com and help shape our future shows. As always, listen to our previous podcast as well as our sister show, RPGcast, at rpgamer.com. Mr. Mike, send us away in a big airship.
0: I think we've lost Mike.
4: I think we've lost Mike. The, the air ship, the airship we're it's looking crashed for the airship before it took it's off. Crashed. You know, this is the problem with these big metal ships that don't have air floating them, okay? No helium or anything. That's what are they powered by again? Moonstones or something? It sounds like crap to me, you know?
0: <laughs> I
4: I I I just <laughs>
0: Okay, this Just, time, uh, let, let's get Mike to send us off this time.
4: I mean, you can get high off of <laughs> Moonstones, probably, but do they really fly? I'm sorry. Okay, I'm, I'm getting, well, I'm getting sidetracked. Do you,
2: do you shoot them, or do you snort them? Or, I mean, yeah. the Yeah, no, I, I, I do it for the, the, the fanfic.
4: Seriously. I, I don't know.
3: RPG, How
4: this did is RPG. get into
3: a discussion of what things from Skies of Arcadia <laughs> could conceivably get you high?
4: You, you left us to our own devices. In I a said, very roundabout way. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. I said, Mike, take us away in a big airship. You weren't there, so we were left to use our imaginations to fill in the gap. The big airship was so big that it
3: cut my internet.
4: It, it was so it got in between Mike and his. Uh, it got in between Mike's uh, satellite uh, dish and the satellite up in the sky. So let's try this again. Mike, please take us away before we get sidetracked.
3: Remember the Dreamcast? That system died way too early, but its library of games was definitely enhanced by the world of Arcadia. The GameCube 2 had its RPG library unquestionably improved by the addition of this title. So today, Microsoft or Sony would welcome a Skies of Arcadia 2. Or even Nintendo again, it doesn't matter. Sega just needs to make a new Skies of Arcadia.